This is Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast, episode 43. I'm your host, Colton, and we are a podcast dedicated to not only talking about Gintama, but also discussing it through the past English release provided by Vizbedia that was unfortunately canceled back in 2011, but nonetheless, we still serve to basically make people more aware of the existence of the manga, uh, let alone the English release that is still available in print and you can still very much buy, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. And on this episode, uh, we once again have Sid, otherwise known as Lum Ramayasha or Cartoon X on various places around the internet to basically help us finish off our uh, third part of our Umibozu coverage, uh, which would be chapters 57 through 64. Uh, on this episode in particular, we're covering uh, basically the last three chapters of the arc, uh, chapters 62 to 64 of the manga, and then afterwards we will have a life lesson segment covering all three individual chapter titles. And afterwards, we will have a anime manga comparison segment of episodes 42 and 43 of the anime, respectively. And I think after that, we even have some uh, some feedback, some comments on Reddit and an email or whatever and all that stuff. If you want to find out where to leave us feedback and comments and stuff, uh, stay tuned until the end of the episode. Um, but speaking of... Uh, I do want to talk about one thing before we get to the episode at large. Not just myself, but all of us here at the podcast. When I say all of us, I mean the original crew, you know, Jay and Jasmine and John. All want to thank our most vocal listener, or fan, Leah, for sending us uh, some, some goodies. I uh, She got a hold of me on Skype and asked me for my address, which uh, kind of caught me off guard at first because... You know, not a lot of people ask me for my address usually, and I'm usually kind of wary about giving out uh, that kind of uh, information over the internet, but I figured I could trust Leah. She wasn't going to exactly, you know, send me any bombs or anything and pull a Katra or something. I don't know. Um, but no, uh, Leah was nice enough to send us some goodies, though um, I do have some good news and some bad news. The good news is... We got Leah's package, and we love it, and again, we just want to express our sheer appreciation for Leah for taking the time out of her day to get us some cool stuff. Jay and Jasmine both respectively got a poster, um, one Hichikata poster, one Okita poster. For those of you who have been listening to the podcast long enough, you can, uh, you can guess as to which one, which one got um, that wasn't a sentence, I don't think, whatever, um, uh, she also sent us some figures, um, we got, uh, she, she sent us a Gintoki, Katsura, Kagura, and Shinpachi, uh, which are all very nice, but, um, this is where the bad news comes in, uh, which I already told Leah this over Skype, so this isn't a surprise to her, and luckily, you know, she wasn't too torn up about it, you know, she, she still liked the figure, she still wanted the buy us the figures because she thought they were cool and they were neat finds but um the thing is i'm kind of sort of bringing this up also to kind of let people know um because the thing is with these figures um at first i didn't have the heart to tell leah over skype but after kind of examining these figures and the packaging that they came with 
I can pretty much 100% tell that these were bootlegs. Um, uh, Leah told me that she had got these from her local Chinatown down in uh, uh, wherever she lives in Canada. Sorry, Leah, I forget. I think she lives in Quebec. Uh, feel free to correct me on uh, uh, whenever you listen to this, Leah. I'm sure I just forget. But uh, So the thing about these figures is that um, the packaging, first off, I could tell was kind of suspicious because it... The boxes contained like a, a mix of like a like um what do you call it like official art and some fan art looking type stuff. Um, I think the Shinpachi figure on the back uh, comes with like some kind of fan art where Shinpachi is dressed up as like Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist and uh, Alphonse has the little hair has a little Kagura hair buns, which is kind of funny because. Both those characters are voiced by the same actor, Rie Kugimiya. Um, just a little fun voice acting tidbit for you guys there who care about that kind of stuff. Um, and I could go over all the little things that I noticed with the packaging, but, you know, I doubt any of you really care about that kind of stuff. But anyway, this is just kind of a little PSA for anyone who cares about that kind of stuff, because I, I, I would feel kind of remiss if I didn't, like, let other people know of this kind of stuff, so, um, I won't go over, you know, all the little tiny fallacies that I noticed about the packaging, other than what I just went through, um, I, I think you can kind of tell that these, I mean, if you buy enough figures, I guess, you can kind of tell that some of these figures look a little wonky, um, maybe, maybe I'll take pictures and put them up on the website, or Twitter, or something, but yeah, I just I just want to let people know that if you are in your local Chinatown, in whatever anime shop you go to, and you're looking for goodies of that kind, um, please be wary of products that come from Xinhao. That's X I N H A O. I looked this company up on the internet, and um, I couldn't find like a homepage or anything for these guys. Like nothing. Like. Seriously, I couldn't find anything. Like, the most I could find was, like, people on Reddit complaining about the quality of their Miku figures. Um, you know, again, like I said, Leah wasn't too, you know, heartbroken when I told her that these were bootlegs. Because, you know, she still liked them. And, and again, I'm still very appreciative for Leah taking the time out of her day to uh, send us all these gifts and stuff. And I'm very appreciative of that. But I do want to let people know that... If you do not like bootlegs and you don't want to accidentally uh, support, you know, bootleg figures or merchandise, um, at least, uh, you know, these figures in particular, uh, please don't buy anything from Jin Hao. Like, you know, personally, I don't really want to give my money to bootlegger companies or whatever because, you know, in my in my personal opinion, the people who produce bootleg products of you know, of the franchises that we love and hold so dear, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing as like scanning manga and translating that online for free. It's, it's, it's kind of sort of the same thing. You're kind of stealing from companies when, uh, when, uh, when bootleggers make their own products out of existing properties. So if you don't want to support that kind of stuff, um, Please do not buy from Jinhao. They are not a real company. These are not licensed uh, products from uh, Bandai, Shueisha, 
or whoever whoever puts out most of the Gintama figurine merchandise, I wouldn't actually know, honestly. But yeah, I would I would just be remiss if I didn't let people know. Um, just a little PSA for everybody. Just uh, just you know, be careful of where you buy your figures from. Um, and I mean, I'm not like blaming anybody here because you know some people can't really tell what's bootleg and what's not. Some dealers or outlets don't really know the difference sometimes either. Sometimes they do know and they don't care and they just want to they just want to take your money, but you know, if you find a bootleg, you might want to tell the dealer if you can or something just let them know, you know, just in case they don't know. Um and if they're like, "Hey, well, I don't really care, dude. Yeah, these are real," then then yeah, don't bother with them. Uh, there's nothing really you could do from there if they know full well that they're selling bootlegs. But anyway, just just be careful of buying anything from Jinhao is all I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that. Um, but again, thank you, Leah, so much for sending us these uh, these gifts. I will still cherish them, and um, I'm sure Jay and Jasmine will uh, will still love their posters. I'm pretty sure those were real though. Um, I mean, they, they don't look fake to me, um, at least not as far as I could tell. Uh, but now, now just watch, I'm going to look at them again and be like, oh, this is made by another company called, uh, called Tao Pai Pai or something. I don't know. No, but I'm pretty sure these are real. The, the posters are, at least, not the figures. The figures are definitely bootleg, though. So, again, Jin Hao, um, watch out for them. They're not a real company. Uh, so, anyway... Um, I think the only other thing I want to tell people is that, um, I mean, I think I might have already said something on the last introduction for the last episode that I did, but uh, on the next episode of the podcast, episode 44, I believe, I am going to be having Josh Dunham back on from Senpai Coast to Coast. Um, again, people really like listening to him. I love listening to him and talking to him. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, I love podcasting with him, so... Any any episode that I get to have Josh on is always a treat. Um, we are going to be talking about Chapter 65 of the manga, which includes the arrival of Myora 13. Um, so, you know, for those of you who uh, know what I'm talking about, uh, you can get excited for a very funny chapter. The Reddit thread for that is already up. If, if any of you particularly like to use Reddit to leave feedback or whatever... Um, I guess I'll leave a link for that in particular in the show notes, but, you know, if you want me to tell you about all the other ways you can leave us feedback, um, you know, if you, if you're a listener of the podcast, um, you probably already know where to, where else to leave feedback, but if you don't, um, I'm not gonna waste time going over it here, just, um, just listen to the end of the show, you know, at the end of the show, I go over all, all the feedback, but, uh, until then, Let's get into the final stretch of the Umi Bozu arc and enjoy. This is the manga recap for chapter 62. You only live with your father for about 20 years, so be nice to him. And uh, we start off at the first page here um, with basically Gidanumi Bozu fighting off the alien. And it looks cool. I, I, I like the layout of this particular page myself. 
I think the action's very dynamic. I especially love, like, the last, uh, panel of this page. You don't use your, like, slashing again. With a sound effect, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. But on the next page, we have the Shinzogumi still looking at the terminal, with the alien still attached to it, and Hijikata commenting on how monstrous Umibozu is, and... And Okita's like, oh, but it seems like uh, Gin's keeping up with them too. Calls him Master Gin, which I find very strange. Yeah, which is weird because I, when I was watching the anime, I noticed because see, I thought it was weird that uh, actually, thank you for reminding me. I I thought about bringing this up because I noticed I think it was like last chapter or the chapter before that that uh, Okita refers to Gin as Master Gin as well. And that kind of that kind of threw me for a loop because I was like, "Huh, I don't remember Okita ever referring to Gin by name." That's kind of weird. Yeah, in the anime he calls him like boss, like at least in Crunchyroll subs. Yeah, he uh, Okita. Um, I don't I don't think we've talked about it on the show before because it is never really relevant. But when when you listen to Okita in Japanese while watching the anime, you can clearly hear Okita uh, refer to him as Dana, which is. Um, I was I was talking to um, again. Uh, if you've listened to the show before, you'll know who I'm talking about when I refer to uh, Niente Nada, who is a very, uh, in my opinion, respected Gintama fan on the internet. Uh, very knowledgeable. You really should go find her on Twitter at uh, Joy of the Joey. I think I think that's her username. I'll leave it in the show notes. People really should follow her if you have a Twitter. But we 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 were talking about that today, and. Uh, basically kind of not arguing but kind of going back and forth about like uh like how how to localize that because you know in the crunchyroll subs they usually go with like master or boss which i i've never really been a fan of master because i feel like i feel like that's a little that's like a little too respectful and also gin isn't like Okita's master in any sense either, but boss is kind of like a that's that's more that seems like a more casual kind of way to address Gin, so that to me kind of fits better. I'm surprised that like the American fandom of Gintama doesn't take the whole master thing as like a slave and master relationship, because I I feel like people who don't know any better could easily contextualize it that way. That that's just me though. I I don't think I b- don't believe that's a thing though. I'm just surprised that's not a thing. I guess. Well, I'm um, sure there are like Gin Okita like shipping. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. I I just I just imagine like Okita and Gin cosplayers with 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 one of them like uh uh one of them with like a chain and collar around <laughs> them, like 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 with all the um. Pretty much just like half the L and light cosplayers I've ever seen in my lifetime. God, I swear to God, I've seen multiples of those. Um, but what was what was the other thing she suggested? I what I what I thought if this were like if, if Gintama were to ever get a good dub, I mm-hmm. emphasis on good dub. Um, sorry, Sentai, <laughs> you, you tried. Um, if if Gintama were to ever get a good dub, uh, I I feel like the best localization of that would be like. Hey buddy, or hey bud, or something, something really casual like that. But then Nada suggested more, more something like so, something, res, something. Not something like, too respectful, like not something that infers like a sort of power dynamic 
or like yeah, exactly. that Okita Which... looks up. I mean, Oki sort of he respects Gin, but something that like he looks up to Gin that is not I that isn't uh, I I wouldn't go with anything suggesting that. Yes, something not too respectful, but like something that still suggests, oh hey, you're 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 still you're still kind of you're you're older than me. You have seniority over me somewhat in terms of age. So I think she suggested something like, hey, old man, or hey, old dude, <laughs> or something, which I think could probably work. Yeah, uh, uh, that, but that seems a little disrespectful. I think that, I think that Okita does respect But, but I, but I mean, Gin, it's, it's, but... I mean, I mean, it's Okita. I, I don't think disrespect, I think disrespect is a, is a large word in this vocabulary. Yeah, but it just in specifically in context of his relationship with Gin, I feel that he does like respect Gin. That's why I kind of like Boss. I kind of feel like it's casual. It's not like, uh, Okita saying it, that Gin is his boss, but he's like, yeah, and he, it's kind of like an an endearing like show of respect. Yeah, I guess that's true. But uh, anyway, uh, off of that subject, um, so yeah, basically, uh, every, the Shinsugumi are reacting to everything, and uh, you know, while they're reacting to everything going on, uh, a bunch of bunch of airships come in, and everyone's like, "Oh, those are those are the government's battleships." It's uh, oh my god, it's Matsudaira. He is, he's literally standing atop of one of these battleships. It's, uh, it's Matsudara the Destroyer. Where, wherever he passes, only ashes are left. And I bet the terminal won't be standing by the time he's done. Cause Matsudara really doesn't give a shit about anything. Which is why he's the best. And, you know, while, while the battleships are making their way towards the scene, uh, Umibozu's like, oh, it looks like they finally showed up their further photo op. Which is <laughs> a funny line. And um, Umibozu gives props to Gin, and is like, "Oh, well, I gotta hand it to you. You're pretty good for for an Earthling." Backhanded praise. Yeah, exactly. And Gin responds with, "Oh, well, that means a lot. That means a lot of nothing coming from you, you monster. I can't believe he fought this far with only one arm." Uh, because obviously Umibozu lost an arm earlier in the chapter. But uh, he, but Umibozu comments on how bad Gin's arm is doing, though, because. Uh, Seems like Gin's left arm is very bloody. Doesn't look like he can use that too much. But, uh, you know, Umibozu continues as like, oh, well, hey, look, I don't want to insult you, but get out of here, go home. And Gin's like, oh, I'd love to, but, I mean, there's not exactly an exit around here. I mean, you, could you point me to one? I mean, I, I, I can't exactly get out of here. Kind of, kind of covered with, uh, alien worm monster things. I mean, like, he can't just, like, jump off the ship. It's kind of, kind of high up. Um, kind of, kind of hard to do that, but uh, you know, Umibozu goes on and says uh, that he he can't make any sense out of Gin. You know, f- first he pushes Kagura away, then he comes back to save her. I mean, what's what's going on? Well, why why is he fighting so hard? And Gin goes on and says, you know, I, I'd like to know the same thing. Um, why why the hell did I come here? And Umibozu reacts while um while uh, he is missing his mustache. <laughs> that is a that is a funny mistake. That's pretty great. <laughs> Inconsistencies. But Gin says, don't worry, I'm, I'm not planning on dragging that loudmouth brat back to me. Uh, and I'm not planning on dying either. But what? But Gin is not going to let Kagura die. He did, might not know why, why he came, is that he cares about her as a friend. And when, if she's in danger, he's going to help her out. 
And so Umi and, blows and, it. And can I... I'm I'm sorry. Can, can I can I just say I instantly recognized this panel because I I I I happen to own a copy of um, Jump Ultimate Stars for the DS, which uh, which for those who don't know is basically like this kind kind of brawl esque kind of game except with just a bunch of Shonen Jump characters and you can like build your own teams and stuff using different manga panels from different series and this is one of them. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I I played like a. I don't know what you call like that those download like rips that you play on the PC of like that's I played like a version of that. It was pretty fun. Too bad it never got like officially licensed. Anyways, Omiboso is amused by Gin's comment and he comments, <laughs> "You're a weird one." But now I think I see why Kagura likes you. You're a pretty eccentric, cool guy. He doesn't say that, but that's base. But that's kind of. Kind of what's it? That's, it's, it's it's what he means. It's the context. Yeah, but then Mumbo's comes as well. What can you do with only one arm, though? And Kintoki's like, well, you only got one arm too. So what are you gonna do? And so they both think it over, and it's like, hmm, now that you mention it, together we both have two arms, and they both attack the monster, the alien, at once in this really cool panel with this shock sound effect. It's, it's pretty badass, and so they continue attacking the alien, and Gintoki says, like, Hey, uh, Pops, count your blessings, because until Kagura is safe, uh, I'll stick with you. And then Mimibos is like, huh, really? Well, fine. I'll, I'll take all the help I can get. And then he shoots, like, a, he shoots, like, a laser or something out of the tip of his umbrella with this choom sound effect, and then... And then, uh, he hits the alien. Doom! Big explosion on the, on the terminal. <laughs> um, and then the Shinsugumi are, uh, uh, look a bit surprised because, uh, looks like the bottom of the ship blew out and, uh, something is coming out. It's a big globby ball of something, which, uh, Umibozu says is the nucleus, the, uh, the parasitic alien's core, and, uh, he comments on he's, how he's, uh, never seen one so big. And that it must have absorbed all the energy from the terminal and uh, got bloated and finally caved in from the bottom of the ship. Uh, if we smash that thing, we'll be able to stop the alien. But then uh, Gin and him notice uh, notice Kagura within the nucleus and uh, Umibozu does not like this. Kagura! As we see Kagura all ensnared in the nucleus, like wrapped up all around it. And Gintoki and Mibosu jump down, but they don't reach her in time. She's being pulled into the nucleus, and by the time they get there, it's all, it swallowed her up. And Mibosu's like, no, it swallowed her up. Why? Damn it, it's ingested her. We can't kill it now, because if we attack the nucleus, Kagura will die along with it. Just then, the older ships that Matadai's commanding... Uh, well, an announcement comes in and it's like, all civilians in the terminal vicinity, leave the area immediately because we're about to attack the alien. So way kick the area unless you want to get blown to smithereens, basically. And it was like, no, what? Don't do, they can't do this. And then, uh, oh, it was Kondo who was like, uh, saying all this. And so we see that it's Kondo who is giving the announcement. And Kondo's also like, very like, unsure about like, attacking the alien. He ca- uh, calls up the monster, uh, hey pops, the civilians who were in the terminal have escaped, but there was a kid who was sucked into the alien. Well, what are we gonna do about that? 
Yeah, and uh, Matsudaira replies and is like, Oh, Kondo, surely, surely you're not weighing the fate of all of Edo against the life of one child. Our, our mission is to save as many lives as we can. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Exactly. You know, would, would, you, would you risk our entire mission just for one of those lives? Don't, don't be a wussy. Be, be a man like me, Matsudaira. Uh, but, you know, obviously Kondo does not like this and tries to, uh, tries to rebuttal. But then they see the uh, alien stir up again and start moving around again. Uh, doesn't look good. And Matsudara's like, see, there you go. That's see, th- that's that's because you don't listen to what your pops tells you. But, you know, pops knows best, doesn't he? You admit it now. Father knows best. And Matsudara is clearly the, one of the best fathers ever. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody could disagree. Like, at all. Ever. Not at all. Not in a million years. <laughs> You'd, you'd have to you'd have to take away that father of the year mug away from him. So basically, yeah, uh, Masudara is telling uh, Umibozu and Gintoki to get out of the way because they'll shoot. And then Umibozu pretty much uh, warns Gin to get out of there. Everything's gonna be on fire soon. You know, there's no reason for him to die. And Gin's like, oh, you don't think you're just gonna st- stay here and fend all that off by yourself, do you? And and Umibozu. Umibozu goes on this whole thing and is like, well, you know, why not? What what am I worth? You know, they call me powerful, but, you know, what's, what's my power ever really accomplished? I couldn't save my own family or my own daughter. If I couldn't protect either of those, that's that that shows you how much my power's worth. Umibozu's kind of going through a midlife crisis here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, actually. It is kind of sad. Especially since Umibozu starts to tink back on... Uh, what Kagura just told him a little while ago about the about how the Yato they kept fighting and fighting until they were all alone. But and the ones they need to fight are themselves. Otherwise, they'll all be alone. And Umibozu reflects on this as the ships approach, and he resolves himself and he says, "This is the price I have to pay for running away and not facing this problem." And not trying to change my ways. And, and he apologizes to Kagura. And he says, the last thing that I can give you is to die with you. And Gintoki, like, sighs. And he's like, <laughs> you know, this is why daughters get mad at their fathers. And Umibozu, like, looks at them kind of confused. And Gintoki continues and says, like, listen, world's greatest dad. Can't you even trust your kid? Do you think that she's gonna be... She's so weak that this thing is gonna kill her. And he starts opening up the alien. He, he tells them, give me five minutes. Just keep them occupied for five minutes. Don't, you don't even have to believe in me, but believe in your kid. Just want to believe in your kid. And so he attacks the alien and like it, uh, attacks the nucleus and with a shig sound effect, like a bunch of like, uh, tentacle kind of things spurred up and cover again and Umibozo's like what are you doing and the uh, and Gin is sucked into the nucleus and Umibozo's like hey and there's like this munch 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 sound effects like it's eat- like the nucleus is eating kind of eating Gin and so Gin is sucked into the nucleus. Well it, it ate Gin that's the end of the show. Gintama's <laughs> over goodbye everybody. Well that's the end of the life lessons um but but before we go. The bummer um, ending of Gintama. But anyway, so Gin gets eaten by the nucleus. Umibozu is like, oh, what the hell does he think he's doing? And uh, the Shinsugumi keep blasting the nucleus. 
and Kondo's all like, damn it, it started up again, what are we, what are we gonna do? And, uh, Matsudaira back on the ship is, uh, telling the, telling the ship's crew to charge, uh, the, the, the Matsu blaster's energy and to prepare to fire it. And basically, Matsudaira's men are kind of uneasy, but Matsudaira's like, you know, it's, it's, we, we have to do this. But, you know, that, that's not what they mean because, uh, the people on the nucleus didn't run away. There seems to be more of them, uh, with, uh, Shinpachi, Sadaharu carrying Prince Hada, and G. Our heroes! Yeah, there we go. And a nice doom, uh, sound effect, like it's an epic kind of entrance. <laughs> well, and like, so Shinpachi and uh, G, like, start, uh, like, calling out, hey, hey, you, hey, you guys! See this guy here? See? And they point, like, they have, they're holding Prince Sada, and it's like, they're pulling on him. He's like, and, like, Sadaharu is, like, biting, like, his tentacle, like, uh, perusion thing on his head, and it's like, Prince Sada's like, ow, ow, ow! And Shimabu's like, hey, hey, uh, you see this old guy here? And G is like, if you shoot now, you'll kill Prince Sada at no extra charge. I, I mean, uh, if you shoot now, you'll kill Prince Sada, and that's a bad thing! Because, uh, he's a prince and stuff. Yeah, we don't, we don't want that. Certainly not me, G. Certainly not me. I mean, I'm totally loyal to Prince Sada. I don't try to betray, betray him at like every opportunity. I don't secretly hate him. <laughs> Load him. Resent him. Oh! What is my life? <laughs> and Dyer is like, what? Who are these people? And they, and they, they continue yelling out, uh, five minutes! Say, just, just wait five minutes! You know, uh, what difference is gonna five minutes gonna make, right? I mean, like, uh, you know, go, that's enough time to, you know, make some instant ramen. And then, uh, you know, uh, you can resume. Cause instant ramen, like, at the least will take like three minutes, and then, it, it, like, if it's in the cups, like, it probably won't take that long to eat. Like, so, you know, that's enough time. That's enough time. And Umibosa's like, uh, what are you, you guys gotta be kidding, what, what are you doing? And, like, G is trying to act cool and, like, hold a cigarette and stuff. But he's shaking and he's, like, uh, like, he's cold because there's this burr, burr, sound effect. And he's, like, uh, well, uh, you know, we figure we owe the kid. And, uh, Prince Hada's, like, oh, Prince Hada's, like, um, you know, they won't, they won't fire, right? Uh, we'll be okay, right? That then I'm not gonna die, right? And, Shim but Shimpachi, like, uh, is, is, uh, is the only one who is actually, like, uh, steadfast and resolving. He's, like, he tells me both, like, you know, it would have been better if you had, you know, told us you were coming ahead of time. But, it's nice to know, uh, what kind of guy you are, and that, like, you, you do really, really care about Kagura. I think he's referring to Gin, because I oh, was, Oh, uh, right. Yeah, that, 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 that confused me the first time, too. Okay, yeah, no, no, then, yeah, that makes sense. Like, he's referring to Gin, like, cause he was all upset at running before he taught, like, he didn't care, but Gin did show up, he did come for Kagura, and so now Shipachi is, like, tearing up. He's, he's happy that Gin cares about them as much as they do about him, and that he is a loyal friend, and, and then Ubosu is just, is thinking to himself, thinking about what Kagura said to him before, that, about, how she how she changed and she can use her power to protect people and how she's made friends and these are our friends a kind of a ragtag team of friends and a, and a, uh, a, a really weird assortment of friends but friends nonetheless 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half of them, I don't really think you consider their friends. I'm pretty sure Prince Han and G do not give two fucks about Kagura and Shimpachi. Just rope them into it. But uh, we see we see Kagura inside like a pitch black void inside the nucleus, and then she's thinking to herself. It seems that no one's scared of me anymore, and that I'm not alone. Even though in this moment, right now, she is alone. But a voice calls out to her, Ra, Kagura, and wake up! And Kagura opens her eyes, and who does she see? It's, uh, it's Gin. She see, she sees good old Gin-chan, and, uh, uh, Gin is, uh, <laughs> sitting over her, and is like, hey, uh, look at this! Uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna eat your pickle seaweed! I just love, I just love his face there. What are, you, what, are you, what are you gonna do about it? Makes makes you really wanna do something about it, don't you? If you don't start, I'm gonna eat it all up. And Kagura, I can't tell. She 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 either is still in a daze or is not amused. I think she's not amused. Probably a mix of the both. <laughs> but um, when we get back to Matsudaira's ship, and um, Matsudaira's men are all like, "Hey, sir, it's he. He's the real thing. That that really is the." The infamous moronic prince, and uh, everybody's like, "Oh, but why? Why is he up there? What's going on?" And Matsudaira comes up to the control panel, is like, "Say, uh, this is the button for the Matsu blaster, right?" And the guy at the control panel is like, "Um, yeah, but you know, if we don't get get those guys out of there real quick, there's gonna be a big uh, uh, oh, you you pressed the button already, um, what?" Because I guess he pressed the button already. Yeah, I, I, that wasn't very clear. I feel that we could have had a panel where we see him like at least press down on the button. So we kind of get a sense. Because in the very next, like in one panel, in this one panel right here, he's holding, like his hand is like on the like uh, control panel. But we don't see him, we don't see it over the button. We just see it over the control panel. And then in the very next panel to the left of that, like he's just suddenly like, standing in front of his panel, his arms, like, down by his side, so we don't know exactly, like, there. it's kind of disorienting, like, we feel like we're missing some steps here, especially since, Mat- from where, what it seems like Matsugaira is standing, like, a little bit to the right of where the button is, because I'm assuming the button is, like, right dead center in this, like, switch, this small, like, switch place kind of thing, so it's, like, uh, it's, it's very d- confusing. Yeah, I I don't know. I like I I I would have liked uh, maybe at least one extra panel, or at the very least, because because there's there's no sound effects either. Yeah, like a tick sound effect, like a button pressing sound effect. That would have been made it clear. Yeah, so I don't I don't know what's up. I don't know what was up with that, but whatever. Sarachi forgot Obibozu's mustache. I'm assuming he probably forgot to write some sound effects there. Um. But you know, every everybody is like, "Oh, oh shit! You you pressed the button, didn't you?" And Matsudaira's like, "Well, um, I mean, my my daughter's birthday party starts at five, man. I mean, we we gotta we got I want to go home. We gotta get the shit done. I want to clock out." But you know, everybody's freaking out because the cannon's starting to load and it's gonna fire soon. And um, G and Hutter are like, "Oh, uh, looks like looks like they're firing the cannon." There's like deer deer caught in the headlights here. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Shimpachi's like, oh, we gotta get out of here right now, but then Kagura comes out of the nucleus, punching Gin in the face, and kind of, uh, uh, sending everybody flying here, 
and is very angry about Gin stealing her pickled seaweed. That's my seaweed! <laughs> That's awesome. Like, she's yelling it with such angry and, like, conviction. And, uh, huh, that's the end of the chapter. Okay, um, general thoughts? This was a really good chapter. I mean, it was very action-heavy, but, like, we had some nice teamwork between Gintoki and Umiboza here fighting with the alien. And then we had a nice, some nice scenes where Gintoki, like, tells Umiboza to trust in her daughter. And Umiboza's reflecting on what his daughter has told, what his daughter has told him and, like, Try was willing to like sacrifice himself along to, to die alongside his daughter, and we had Shimpachi and Ko coming to help stall time, and Shimpachi turning up happy that Gin, you know, really is really does care about them, and of course, like the end of the chapter is really fun with, you know, the the. This last panel here, where Kako just burst out of the alien, punching in, and that's my seaweed going. So, lots of good stuff. Yeah, um, I think Matsudaira is the best. <laughs> um, probably one of the funniest characters in the entire series. Um, and I, I also really liked a lot of the, uh, emotional payoff to Kagura's speech from, uh, last chapter because, this this chapter is the chapter where it really kind of pays off with with you know Umibozu thinking back on how the, how the Yato should change and all that stuff and then I I thought the moment where he started reflecting on how uh, how nobody's afraid of Kagura anymore and all that stuff and how she has friends or whatever I can't believe I already forget what she says uh but yeah I just I just thought I just thought a lot of the uh, emotional payoff there was pretty nice and uh that that that's that's really what stuck out to me. I mean, the rest of it was pretty good. I liked it. Um I liked it just fine. But uh but, uh I I I think this next one might be a little better. I don't know. I don't know about you. Well, we'll just have to see. I think we should I think we should get to it. Yeah. This is the manga recap for chapter 63. Just slug your daughter's boyfriend and get it over with. And uh, we start off where we left off last chapter with Kagura bursting out of the nucleus, very angry about Gin stealing her pickled seaweed. And uh, Umibosu is obviously very surprised that, uh, that Gin actually did it, that he actually saved Kagura, you know, and while he's spitting chunks of alien out of his mouth. Uh, he's like, huh, uh, man, she's got, that, that one brat's sure got a big appetite. It's like her parents starved her or something, which Umibozu kind of cracks a smile at. And, um, is like, hey, you know what, I wonder, did your, did your parents cut out your brain or something? And Gin's like, oh, well, maybe I never had any parents. And Umibozu's like, okay, touche. And really like this, uh, slight diagonal panel here with Gin and Umibozu's face darkened. Yeah, I love, I love the shading here. It's like, it's really, it's really cool. Yeah, the shading here uh, indicates that they are about to fuck shit up. <laughs> Gin being like, so, about time, huh? And Umibozu says, let's finish it off. And uh, as they both prepare a, a double team attack against the nucleus, Gin goes, I'm with you, dad. And Umibozu's like, um, who are you calling dad? And uh, they attack the nucleus, 
and uh, the Shinsugumi are all surprised, and uh, they all uh, notice that uh, the alien is starting to slow down a bit, and uh, Kondo yells up to the ship because, you know, Matsudaira can hear him all the way from down there. He has amazing hearing, I'm sure. He's like, his hearing is, good as, is as good as a dog's. I'm I'm assuming most anime and manga characters' hearing are just super superb. But yeah, he yells to the ship and says, Oh, hey, Pops, quit firing! You could you could stop now! And then what happens after that? And Matsudaira's like, What? Ease up? How can I ease up? She's only 17! And he's talking about his daughter here. And he's like, Why does my daughter like want to celebrate her birthday alone with like some punk? You know, she needs her father. She still needs her father to save her from herself. I don't trust my kid with my own this with her own doing her own decisions. I'm an overprotective dad. Kinda of, some pair kinda of parallels to Mibozu earlier in the arc here. Yeah, yeah. Very slightly. And then Kondo's like, What what are you Thinking about this, the aliens! Ease up on the aliens! And Matadar is still, like, all heated up. He's like, hey, don't you tell me what to do! You're not her father, I'm her father! And he, and the blast starts, uh, starts, uh, charging up. And he's like, uh, he yells at them. You know, get out of there! I'm not responsible for whatever happens to you guys. But, like, uh, G and Hada and Shinpachi are, like, panicking. Like, well, where, where, that, where are we supposed to go? And Shinpachi has lost his glasses and he's, Looking, looking for them. It's like, my glasses, my glasses, like Velma from Scooby-Doo. And it's like, Down's, and then Gintoki's climbing up on the alien. And it's like, Down's no good, so go up, go up. And then Kagura's still on about the seaweed and she boots skin in the face. And it's like, give me back my seaweed. And Umibosa's going after Kagura. And it's like, Kagura, wh- what are you doing? Pull yourself together, you're still bleeding. And he notices that she's not, conscious yet and so Umibosa thinks to himself is this how she was able to break out of the nucleus did Gintoki's voice reach her subconsciousness and jog her and uh like wake her up but and uh then Kagura kind of calms down and like no seems to notice seaweed but it's not seaweed she, she, and what she thinks is seaweed is actually Umibosa's hair which she proceeds to rip off of his head Leaving, leaving like the left side of his, uh, him, like completely bald now. Um, ouch. It's gotta hurt, but I yeah. think, I think the fact that Mibos is half bald now hurts him even more. Yeah, and, uh, obviously Umibozu is, uh, not happy with this. He does not like this. And, uh, you know, Gintoki's telling, uh, Kagura to spit out the hair or she'll go bald because, yes. She's chewing on it. Yeah, it's gross. I hope you wash that hair. But it's funny just her expression that she's chewing on. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care. And uh, while they're all panicking and arguing, uh, it looks like that blast is coming. And Gin's like, oh, what's what's that sound? Oh, oh, oh shit. And uh, it's coming towards them. And uh, I, I, I like this little bit of shading here in this... Uh, third panel on this particular page. I don't know. I, I just thought that was kind of nice. Yeah, it, it definitely, it indicates that like a, hu- a huge like source of uh, is it like something big is uh, like coming towards him that's kind of blocking out some, that, that's casting like shadows like 
behind to behind them, and so that's why their backs are shaded. It's really it's really a nice way to to it's a really nice way to illustrate that the blast is coming without like having to clutter up the panel by showing like some marks or something to indicate that the the blast like there's a big circular thing coming. Yeah, like like this is the kind of shading that you see like currently in the manga. But basically, they're blasted, and uh, you know, Shinsengumi duck and cover, and uh, you know, the the alien is splattered all over the place, and you know, Matsudaro just kind of looks upon the destruction he causes, and uh, everybody's just kind of silent for a second, and they let the smoke clear. And like the Shinsengumi are like speechless, and they're like, "Oh my god, are those guys?" They gotta be dead, and like, I like pretty much everyone is like, you're like kind of worried, or but except for Hijikata, who's just kind of smoking. But then, like, uh, someone in like a Matador ship, like, notices something, calls out, Chief, I'm getting like a faint life reading from the Nexus of the Blast. Oh, and, uh, they start, as the smoke starts to clear up on the alien, like, uh, Kondo notices something, he's like, What? And, and, uh, Masudara is like, what did you say? And as the blast clears, we see a very tattered umbrella. And on the next page, it, as it pulls away, we see that, uh, Umibozu blocked the blast with his umbrella, with just his umbrella. And, like, uh, Gintoki and Shimahachi and the crew and all the rest are like behind Umibozu, like, Bo. Bozu-san, which I guess is, is, nick, is a nickname for him now, and Ubibos is trying to laugh, laugh it off, you know, he's kind of, he definitely looks really roughed up here, he's like, <laughs> uh, I guess I got myself a bit fired up, and Kentoki's like, uh, well, your hair is actually on fire, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, boy, but, um, yeah, Ubibosu continues and is like, oh, imagine me dying to save somebody else, and then he faints, and, you know, they're all worried about Umibozu, and they keep calling out to him. They, they all keep accidentally calling him Baldi and stuff, and that's the joke. <laughs> um, and then later, the the press gathers around Hata as he... And he gives his most serious face, too, <laughs> during it. All, all while telling his epic tale of, of, of how he defeated the alien with his uh, karate. It's uh, pretty I love, funny. I love the way he pronounces it. Karate! I notice he literally pronounces it like that in the, in the anime too, like karate. <laughs> it's, it's really funny, but uh, I I I love this little exchange here between him and G, where the press is like, "Oh, so so you're saying you destroyed the alien prince?" And the and Hot is like, "Well, I, of course. I mean, I mean, the others did did something too, but I mean, it was eighty percent due to my karate skills, you know. Wouldn't you say so, G? And G is like, you know, for 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 fuck's sakes, like." Show some gratitude. 80% of that was due to my powerful kicks. And Hata, of course, is like, oh, of course, it's all about you, isn't it, G? You think you're so fucking awesome. So so the both of them are the worst, and that's the joke. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's not worth noting, but I think this is the last time we see them. Oh, like, yeah, this is this is one I, I wanted to ask you. This is like the last time we see them in the manga, right? Because I don't remember them appearing... At any point after this. So I guess they, after this incident, they just went home. Well, I know in the anime after this, they do appear in one filler episode. In the anime, they have, like, some appearances in filler and, like, anime openings and whatever. But, like, in the manga, this is the last time I remember seeing them. 
So I guess Sirachi just like uh, got tired of them or something. I don't know. And maybe yeah. Just 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 watch. They're, they're gonna they're gonna come back before the series ends. Oh yeah. No, I'm totally expecting. I'm totally expecting them to have like a surprise, like a surprisingly important, like important. Well, maybe not that important, but like they affect the final arc in like at least one significant way, or like they're involved somehow. I just I just feel that might happen just randomly. G- Gintama will be the greatest manga ever to be written and drawn if that happens. Yes, it will. It will have surpassed One Piece at that point. I don't care what anyone says. Unpopular opinions. Uh, so, <laughs> so Hijikata, Okita, and Kondo. They're basically stepping on the dead alien corpse, which is really gross. And um, they're basically just like, "Oh, where, what the fuck? What are we? What are we gonna do about this giant mountain of dead flesh?" Oh, and it looks like the terminal's gonna be out of service for a while. Oh man, our superiors are gonna uh, not gonna like this. And uh, Ichikata comments, "Oh well, he he really is a monster, just like they said, huh?" And Kondo at first thinks that Hijikata is referring to Matsudaira when in fact Hijikata is actually referring to Umibosu, which is a, it's an honest mistake. Um, but Hijikata says that, uh, you know, to, to tell, to tell you the truth, I thought Umibosu was a lot scarier than that alien. Hmm. Which is, I think, a lot coming from Hijikata. But, uh, you know, Kondo being wise every once in a blue moon here says that, uh, Umibosu doesn't look like a monster to him. You know, he was just going nuts trying to protect his daughter. He just looks like someone's father to me, you know. Any parent could have looked just as crazy, you know. Kondo can be very insightful when he, from time to time. When he's not being a creepy stalker. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, it's, he's, just, he's, just, he's just acting like any parent would. Mm-hmm. And so Kondo, like, wonders, So is your soul of peace now, Lord Umibozu? And so we cut to, uh... Gin and Umibozo pee- peeing, like, off the side of the terminal. And, uh, Gin told, yes, Umibozo, like, how's Kagura doing? And Umibozo's like, uh, paramedics have her. It was a nasty wound. And Gintoki asked him, like, uh, you know, you're, you kind of lost your arm there. You know, shouldn't you get yourself like that? And Umibozo's like, nah, that is an artificial arm. I just gotta get a new one. And Gintoki's like, uh, no, I actually, I didn't mean your arm. I was talking about your, your brain. And Umibozo like, like, didn't we already exhaust that joke, like, uh, two chapters ago? And Kentucky, the, then Kentucky knows that, ignores that, and it's like, hey, your brain's exhausted. And Umibozo is like, so your mom's, and they continue, like, their childish... So, 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 so's your mom! <laughs> they continue their childish argument, like, their elementary schoolers. And, like, uh, they, but then they get serious again, and Umibozo's like, you know, I don't... I don't mind losing my arm as much as losing my hand. And Gintoki's like, you know, your hair is going to go back. You know, it's going to go back. And like, uh, and was like, my arm is not going to go back. And Gintoki's still like doing a childish kind of disses. And he was like, you're too bad your brain won't. And he was just trying to still stay serious. I was like, forget about my brain and get your own brain. And he was who gets back on the screen time. He's like, anyway. Maybe losing my arm is a lesson to me. And Toki's like, lesson? And Umibozu says that, you know, I lost my arm originally to my own kid. And Kotoki's like, surprised. And Umibozu quickly clarifies that it wasn't Kagura he lost his arm to, but his older kid, uh, Kagura's brother, who was a real bad egg. Well, 
and but he says not not really a bad egg so much as that he was very he's very faithfully carried the blood of the Yato clan and was and had a great had a killer instinct in him like a living demon and he goes on further to clarify that a long time ago the Yato clan had a custom called fodder killing which is pretty much what it sounds like and that is literally what it says in the dialogue as dialogue and it was basically the young uh, killed their father to basically supplant them as uh supplant them in the like uh, patriarchy and pr- pr- pretty much the young surpasses the old yeah and over the time the yato came to, came to see it as barbaric but <laughs> but his uh, kid barbaric for the yato per- perish the thought even the yato have standards of violence apparently i i guess so sure even there are, there are some things too taboo for even the yato but not for the, not for Mimoso's kid apparently because he tried to revive it for real and legitimately tried to kill his own father the legendary powerful Umibosu. And he asked Kintogi's his surprise. Well, that's just how the Yato are. And so, Umibosu fought with his son. As he, and he, as he was doing so, he realized that he wasn't just trying to stop him, he was trying to kill him. And then. Oh, oh, that's, that's my cue. Uh, so, like you said, Umi, Umibosu wasn't just trying to stop him, he was trying to kill him, but, uh, if Kagura, Little little baby Kagura hadn't hadn't stopped him, you know, he would have murdered his own kid. And even now he can't forget the fear that Kagura had in her eyes when she looked at her, which is very, very sad, kinda of traumatizing. Um and then Umibozu goes on to say, you know, from that day on, I spent more and more time away from home. I've always wondered if I'd if I'd be able to hold myself back, you know, when the day comes that Kagura also tries to kill me. And he explains that, uh, you know, he didn't have the guts to change or the guts to believe, so he left his young daughter and wife on their, on, on her, on her deathbed. And he ran, he basically ran away from his family. He ran away from his family because he was afraid of destroying it, but in running away, he ended up, he almost ended up destroying it anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he came all the way to Earth because, you know, he didn't want to put Kagura through the same heartache again. But he was afraid of repeating the whole cycle. And uh, then he explains that uh, when Gintoki told him to believe in Kagura, you know, that it really hit him. That there were times where Kagura were, uh, were stop, would stop him or, and support him. Which, which is sad because apparently he never really had any faith in her. You know, he, he never really knew her. And in the end, he could only see himself. Thought that he was looking at Kagura, but he only saw himself in her. And that uh, Kagura and Umibozu are very different because uh, she's a lot stronger than him, she says, or he says, which is uh, really saying a lot. And uh, Gintoki's just kind of taking all this in. Uh, but Umibozu's like, oh, so you see, I'm not much of a father. Hell, I'm, I'm, pro- I'm probably the only one who thinks I am a father. She, she probably doesn't even think of me as her father at this point. But in reply, Gintoki hands him a letter, the letter that uh, Sadoharo took took out of his uh sleeve earlier and he he tells him that uh Kagura used to write these letters like in secret but since you never stayed at at an address like in one place they always got sent back to him Kintoki never told Kagura that uh they never reached that they never reached him because uh he thought there was a chance that someday he could give them 
two Mibozu. So he kept them like all this time, but that letter he had right now is the only one he has on him at the moment. But he uh, reassures Mibozu that he never, he never like uh, invaded. He never read the letters. He didn't, he didn't invade like that. He didn't invade Congress privacy. And so he starts to get up and he's like, I figure you're not the type to read this and go nuts. And so Umibozu just looks at him and Kentucky like waves later as he walks away. Umibozu calls out, hey! Kentucky stops and tells Umibozu, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know maybe about, uh, how, how, uh, like, about how, how it works, like, uh, having a parent who cares about you. But, but no, he doesn't know how, like, parenting works, but he, but if you have a parent that, uh, cares about you, what, what else do you really need? And he, he thinks, he tells him that, you know, I always wanted a family like yours. And Kentucky continues walking away, and it's like, hmm, ironic, isn't it? You know, how the people who don't have things usually understand them better than once they do. And as he, like, walking away, it becomes clear that he's not just talking to Umibozu here, he's talking to Kagura, who is sitting, like, uh, down, down on this, like, slope of the terminal, just listening to Kentucky and Umibozu's conversation, and Kintogi says, so, take care of Kagura as a favor to me, and Kagura tears up hearing this. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very sad. And then, while Kintoki's walking away, he sees Shinpachi uh, trotting away towards him in a way, and he's like, I just want to let you know, I'm going to stay at our jobs for good, because he's, he's crying and all that stuff. So, so you could think of me as family, too. And, uh, Gintoki's like, didn't he say he was going to quit? Whatever. And uh, Umibozu's taking a look at the letter uh, as he's walking away. But before he walks away, you know, he knows Kagura's listening. And he knows she's around. And he's like, okay, Kagura, are you listening? That's the deal from now on. Uh, Daddy's going to take good care of you. So uh, so smile for me. And Kagura turns hearing that. It's like, he yells at Umibozu. It's like, Poppy, wait! But Umibozu just keeps walking away. As Kagura calls out for him, and he reads the contents of the letter, and, it's, and it reads, Dear Father, it's been a long time since we last met. Are you well? I'm fine. And I'm right now I'm living in a town called Edo, where there's all these strange guys with samurai on me. And we see, uh, we see a picture of a Shinsengumi. Just, they're still roughhousing the, uh, reporters and pushing them aside and stuff. And... <laughs> yeah, ok- Okita literally looks like he's just, like, Rider kicking all of them. <laughs> and Hijikata's like shoving like a cameraman aside. And Kondo's just, just standing there laughing. And then he does, and Kagura continues like, I don't know how to describe these guys, but even though they're usually weak, hobosympathetic, and of course we see a panel of Shibachi here tearing up. But uh, they, she continues, when it really counts, they call on some idea called Bushido and become these tough noble warriors. And on that note, we switch the panel of Gin here, and it continues. And they have something in common with the Yato. They're all fighting against themselves. And I, I think if I stay here, I can change. And I can, I think I can become a person who doesn't give in to herself, to her Yato instincts. So if I do change, Poppy, 
Can you take me along with you on your travels? My dream is to travel the universe with you and become the top alien hunter in the galaxy. Love, Cogger. And Umibosu is tearing up, thinking about the comments of the letter. And he says, I'll be waiting for you, Kagra. And that's the end of the chapter. Oh boy, I had to I had to really stop myself from fucking crying up here. Um so such an emotional chapter. Yeah, you go go ahead, let him let him spill. Where are your thoughts? What do you think? <laughs> oh, it's just this chapter is really rich with character development and like I just I love this I I we get a lot more about Umibosu here too like that he let that the reason that he left he kept like leaving Kagura like uh as a kid it wasn't just because he was always busy with his work it's because he was afraid to be around her and like be alone with her because he was not only afraid like of her of her like carrying out like her brother and trying to kill him but he was also afraid of himself and like that he would hurt her like he would do something he would never be able to forgive himself if he stayed with her so he tried to stay away from her but that just that still hurt her he's he still made her feel alone and abandoned and it he she wasn't there for her and he's all full conflicted and full of regret and confusion but now but he also thinks to himself that he never really pay much attention to Kagura as a person and who she is. He thought Kagura was just like himself, but he didn't really recognize that Kagura was her own person and capable of her own decisions and able to do, able to be a lot, and she was a lot stronger than he gave her credit for and a lot stronger than he could ever be. And he's, and he feels like he knows her so much better from the experience, and uh, there's just there's just a lot of this is just, that just entire like seeing that and that backstory bit that was that's just that really characterize that really gives such a depth and dimension to Umibozu as a character and his and the and Kagura and Umibozu's relationship and the payoff at the end with, with Kagura reading with Umibosa reading Kagura's letter and the revelation that Kagura's dream is that is traveling the universe alongside her father and it's, it's just it's such a touching emotional payoff and uh, I, I, it's just a it's just a, it's just a great way to end the arc and a nice place to take these characters and their development yeah, I, I I agree. I think um, I think I can say that um, you know, the memory loss arc was a really good first attempt at like some real character drama with with the main cast specifically, and that's all well and good. But I feel like this arc fucking just trumps it. Th- yeah. This 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 knocks it out of the park. Seriously, like this is. This is some grade A, I think, characterization for not just Umi Bozu and Kagura, but you know this this chapter alone, everybody gets everybody gets a, a, like their own great moment. Even with Kondo, you know, being as insightful as he is, you know, even Prince Hada and G, you know, like this is kind of their send off, and they have a kind of amusing send off. Yeah, and, and that's all well and good, but I was saying that uh, even Kondo gets to be a little insightful here, uh, you know, with rationalizing Umibozu and his actions and. 
you know, see, seeing seeing the good side of him and not just seeing him as a monster or this really powerful person like everyone else is, you know, not not just seeing him as someone to be feared, but seeing him as what he is and, you know, that that being a father. And I feel like that says a lot about Kondo and him as a person that he's able to see that first, which honestly I think is really interesting. Um, and, you know, uh, G- Gintoki... Um, God, uh. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, in Toki just commenting, like, to when was it like, uh, you know, I, I, w- I kind of wish I had a family like yours. Like, uh, you know, when, and like, talking to him about, like, you know, if you have a parent who cares, then what else matters? Like, especially with what we learn later from with about Gintoki's past and stuff and like uh just his background i mean that line has a lot of emotional weight to it and feel and and even if you were just reading this for the first time at this stage it it ha, it, ha, it there's a lot behind it that feel that feels like really deep and and personal for for Gin as a character yeah like i i think that that particular line where he's like oh i wish i had a family like yours I think at the, I think at this point pretty much confirmed that you know he was an orphan. Yeah, that's. I think this might be our one of our one of our like first uh, hints of that that he was an orphan growing up. And and then like even even Shinpachi, you know, with his uh, faith in Gin being restored and you know him being reminded that oh yeah, Gin can be a good person, and even going out of his way to be like just so you know. I, I'll be your family. It's okay, Gin. So don't worry about it. And I, I thought that was a really nice moment too. Honestly, not not everybody, because I mean, like Hijikata and Okita d- don't really get to do anything. They're they're just kind of around for the jokes, which is fine. But you know, I feel like a lot of the care a lot of the characters involved in this arc got to have some kind of really great character moment, especially in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Like th- this chapter was like chock full of them. And I thought it was amazing how, like, really well-written a lot of these were. Because th- this chapter really explores a lot of different dimensions about a lot of, uh, in, ter- in terms of, like, specific particular characters, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, it introduces a lot of nuances to the characters. It's, like, especially in the case of Gagin and Umibozu and Kagura. There's definitely a lot to dig into, and there's a lot of setup of setup for further development down the line, and especially with that comment about Kagura's older brother, uh, Uibozu's oldest child. Like, that's also a pre- that's also some nice setup for a character who won't show up for a long time. Oh, a long time. Long time. It's, it's unfortunate he's not introduced in this run of Viz volumes, unfortunately, because unfortunately. The Viz release got uh, canceled right before that particular arc, which is a shame. Like it's funny because the, uh, the 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 point where Viz stops releasing Gintama is also the point where Crunchyroll picked up the anime for simulcast. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I think Crunchyroll picked it up like right near the beginning of Yoshiwara, if not at the beginning. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of a coincidence there except i don't think the manga got canceled until like a year or two afterwards 
But anyway, yeah, like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what else to say about this chapter except it, this one was super dense and there's a lot of setup for a lot of, uh, different development later on. And, um, I think I could safely say that, uh, th this arc in terms of, like, character drama, like, beats the shit out of the memory loss arc by a, by a long shot. Easily the best arc uh, at this point in the series. Definitely the best dramatic arc and the most personal and uh, emotional and character-driven arc. And this chapter uh, is probably my favorite of this of this arc. Oh yeah, mine too. B basically, what what Sirachi attempted to do with the memory loss arc, while it wasn't bad, I, I would like to think that he, from that first attempt, that he really like took what he learned from writing that and um what do you call it um and 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 put it to use here like i i feel like like he he seriously does a way better job with this arc than compared to um the memory loss arc but anyway mm -hmm. um i think that i think that's about all i want to say about the chapter um i guess we'll just go on to our epilogue here This is the manga recap for chapter 64, Make Characters So Anybody Can Tell Who They Are Just By Their Silhouettes. So, um, I don't know how much time has passed, but time has passed, and we're at the, um, Otose Snack House, Pub, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, Shinpachi and Hasegawa are hanging out, very unlikely duo here. Not that unlikely. I guess. I mean, they're both glasses characters, technically. <laughs> both characters defined by glasses jokes. Oh, yeah, that's, uh... I don't think that's been introduced at this point, but... Holy shit. So good. Uh, so... Basically, they're they're talking to Otose and telling her what's happened recently with Kagura. And Otose can't believe that, uh, that Kagura really went back to her home planet. And, um... You know, Shinpachi was like, you know, I, I tried to stop her, but... You know, Gin said it was probably for the best, you know, it was probably best to for her to be with her father. And Hasegawa says, you know, it was, it's better than being with good-for-nothing Gin anyway, because he sucks. Um, and, you know, Tose is like, well, you know, she she was a loudmouth, but, you know, now that she's gone, I, I kind of miss her. And, you know, there's a, there's a bit of silence at first. And then uh, we see uh, we see Kagura looking through the window. She didn't actually leave. <laughs> And she's like, ha ha ha, you're all, you're all miserable. You, you miss your precious little Kagura. Yes, miss me. Your tears sustain me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hide out here so, so I could see just how important I really am to you. But, but, but where, where's, where's that one guy? Where's, where's Gin? I want to see him suffer the most. And, uh, Gin's coming out of the bathroom. And, uh, Kagura... Is like, oh well, did did he did he go in there to cry over me? And uh, Gin is like, oh man, he's got his hand over his face and everything. He's like, oh man, I I can't believe I can't believe this really happened. And Kagura is like, giddy is all shit. And is like, oh man, I bet his but his eyes are red and puffy from crying. She's so happy that her friends are miserable. <laughs> 
pretty great. But, um, unbeknownst to her, uh, Gin is, um, is very upset because the most important thing in his life, that being his crotch, is all swollen up. <laughs> and that's the joke. And Kagura falls over, like, dumbfounding. And, like, Shimpachi is like, ugh, you, you touched it with your hands, right? And Kintoka's like, what? You think I'm like you? I'm not a horny teenager. <laughs> and Hasegawa Kawan's like, yeah, you must have picked up a disease from someone. And Kintoka's like, I'm not you either. I'm not in dirty places. I don't know. I'm not in who knows where. And Kagura's all pissed off. You, you loser. You're not supposed to care anything about me. Why do you care about your dick more than me? It's it's all about <laughs> me. Kagura. <laughs> 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 the Kagura show. See, I'm really surprised I haven't done my Kagura voice at, all, all throughout this arc. I am actually very sad that I haven't done that yet. Can't remember <laughs> the last time. I, I should probably start doing that more. Hey, you still have this chapter. Okay, okay. There, I have my opportunities then. <laughs> and so Shimpachi, Kia, and Ginky talking. It's like, uh, you're so your shirt's sure swollen. Maybe you just remember it being smaller and like some guy some things that got always remembers. I guess I guess these square boxes are Gin's dialogue. That's kinda odd, but I guess uh, just to differentiate. No no I I No I no think... it is Kagra's dialogue. Yeah it, it is Kagra's. They're all Kagra's. But then what how does she think, dude, some things a guy always remembers. Like how how does she know? But anyway. Uh is like, uh, stop this nonsense and Kagra's like, yeah, I mean like who cares about your swelling anyway? And Kosi's like Oh, it's swollen? Huh. It must be on a worm then. Cause, you know, that, that is an actual, like, uh, super, it's a, that is an actual urban myth that has basis in reality that we talked about last time. And Kentucky's like, that's an old wives, but then he remembered that he actually did pee on the dead carcass of the worm. Like, <laughs> after battle. It's like, oh shit. And Otis is like, what, what? You re- what? You re- you really did it? And, uh, Kentucky's like, well, um, I mean, it was not a worm exactly, but it was, uh, this alien who was kind of wormy, and, and then Catherine comes in and is like, oh, what? You, you beat out an alien? Oh, man, that's bad. My friend did that, and now he's dead. And Kentucky's like, what? Uh, geez, oh, oh, man. And, like, uh, what happened to his thing? Like, his, did his, did, did his stick, like, get swollen up from beating on an alien? And, like, uh, Kagura's like frustrated. Are they, are all they talking about when I'm not wrong? Their dicks? What, why are they talking about Gin's dick? It's like, well, why do they talk about, do they, why do they always talk about their dicks when I'm not around? And he's like annoyed and then just then, uh, Otai comes in and she's in a Chinese dress and has her hair done up kind of like Kagura's and she's like, Ni hao! Ni hao everybody! Sort of reminded of shampoo for Mama here, <laughs> always saying "ni hao," <laughs> and then "ni hao." I'm Kailan. <laughs> Shimbaji's like, "What? What's with the Chinese dress? What? What are you doing?" And Otai's like, "Oh, uh, I'm dressed up because it's my club's Chinese girl booster month." And Shimbaji's like, uh, "Okay, and what do Chinese girls boost exactly?" And Otai's like, "Men's imaginations." And uh, and he, she asked Gin if she likes her appearance, but Gin's annoying her and still thinking about his thing. He's like, I'm too young, I'm too young. And Hasegawa is like, uh, he, he's kind of busy, like, with his thinking about his thing. And he's like, uh, he can't really hear anything you're saying. 
And Otai misunderstands that she just walked in, so he doesn't know that Gin's dick is also on that. And it's like, oh, she thinks uh, Gin is crying about Kagura, and that uh, she, by by dressing up like in a Chinese dress, like she's reminded him of Kagura, and so she apologized. And Kagura's like, yeah, that's it. That's it, Otai. Keep talking. Keep the conversation about me, Otai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talk about me. Talk about me, Kagura. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm already tired of that. Well, uh, anyway, so uh, Otai is unwrapping what she brought in, and she's like, "Oh, I, yeah, I heard Kagura left, so I brought us some sake. Let's let's have a drink and forget all about her." And uh, everybody's like, "Oh, well, this is so expensive. How'd you get it?" Uh, oh, I, I swear, I mean, I. Got it from the club. That's what I did. And uh Kagura's just like, What? For, forget about what? That's not that's not right. That's that's your gut that's not how this goes, guys. You're doing it all wrong. You're supposed to think about me. Me, me Kagura. Um Oh my god. Uh so you know, Otai is just pouring Gin a, a glass of sake. And is like, well, you know, sometimes you have to forget to move on. So just wash away all the bad stuff, right, Gin? And Kagura's like, bad stuff? Excuse me? What are you implying there, Otai? And, um, Gin is just like, I don't, I don't think I, 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 like, I can't, I can't just forget about it. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just always, it's, it's always going to be hanging there, you know, right in front of me. And Kagura's like, that's not funny. Is that all you think about? <laughs> and, um. You know, Otose chimes in and is like, you know, don't worry, you'll see each other again, you know, if she's still alive. And I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? Excuse me. Um, but you know, as Kagura mentions, you know, nobody's listening to her because, you know, Otai is just pouring everybody drinks and they're kind of preoccupied with that. And then Catherine, you know, chimes in and is like, you know, if, if you ask me, it's a good thing she's gone. Um, cause, you know, suddenly she's from New York. You know, we, we were, we were too similar for, you know, for one manga. There, there, there wasn't room, there wasn't, uh, this, this manga was only big enough for, for the, it wasn't big enough for the two of us. And, um, Kagura's like, um, excuse me? What about us is similar? Um, I guess they're both aliens, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine points out that, you know, it's because we're, we're both the cute foreign chick, you know? And Hasegawa's like, I never thought once that you were cute, which Catherine does not like. And, um, Otai chimes in and is like, you know, I, I miss her, you know. Somewhere along the line, I started thinking of her as my little sister, you know. I, I've always wanted a little sister. That, that's why I used to dress up Shinpachi, uh, in, in girl clothes when we were little, and our dad would always get so mad at us for that. And Kagura is very touched by the sentiment. And, um, uh, Otai tries to talk to Shinpachi, but Shinpachi's kind of busy singing Otsu on the karaoke machine. And that's pretty much what, what he does for, like, almost the entire chapter. What and... planet is your mama from? Oh, yeah. Those weird <laughs> translated lyrics. Um, and then we see Otai crying, and is like, but, but why? Why, why did he leave me and die all alone? Referring to, um, her father. And Kagura's like, who gives a shit about your dumb dad? B- g- cry about me, Kagura. <laughs> it's all about me. It's all about me. Ken. Uh-huh. Ken. That's, that's what I, 
Have you ever seen du- what what was it? Dub of the North Star. You ever Dub seen that? Of the Nor- no. It, what is that? It's an abridged series. It's a great Fist of the North Star parody. That's that's where I that's where I get my Kagura voice from because that's uh that's that's the kind of voice that they give um, Rin. Hmm. So so like literally like all she does for the entire time is just go Keen Keen help me Keen and that's where I get my delivery from so that's that's where I get that from because you know everybody cares about that but anyway so you know Kagura's still upset about everything and again obviously drunk at this point is like oh what I what I want to know is are there any good urologists around here I'm I'm, I'm asking for a friend. Um, and Kagura's like, that's all you ever want to know. That's all, this is all you ever talk about. And, you know, uh, Gin and Hasegawa just talk amongst themselves. And Hasegawa is uh, suggesting that, uh, he go to the hospital near the cigarette shop on 3rd Street because, uh, he hears that there's a hot female doctor doing urology there. And, um, Gin's like, okay, do you think that's going to help me with my swelling? I, I think that's going to, um, do the opposite of that, Hasegawa. <laughs> And Kagura at this point is like, just like, you know, you guys are both sick. I'm I'm sick of this shit. And then uh, what's on the next page? She's so fed up. And then Catherine's uh, Catherine's kind of like bashing Kagura here. It's like Chinese t- tricks who say things like "uh huh" are such a cliche. I bet she was faking her accent. And Hesika was like, "Watch it, it's getting your own accent." And Kagura's like, "Like hell, I am." And Kagura's like, "You're the one who's faking." Uh huh. I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show, maybe like once or twice, but for those who don't remember, um, Kagura's thing is that she, um, she has a speech tick where she says Aru at the end of all of her sentences, and that's supposed to be like a, like a, like a foreigner tick or something, you know, which is what the uh-huh in the Viz translation is. So I, I just thought I'd point that out just in case anybody forgot. Yeah. And then Otai is so crying, she's like, gets annoyed, and it's like, enough, Catherine, you're like way out of line. That's no way to speak about the dead. And Kagura's like, what, what's in, what's, when am I, what's have I been dead? And then, like, she continues on that, you know, at least her phony accent was easy to understand. And she still tries to talk to Shimpachi, and Shimpachi is still, like, singing the karaoke, the, the weird, uh, Otsu karaoke with weird lyrics. And, like, Kagura's like, what? How? Who's phony accent? I don't have a phony accent. And then Gintoki's just thinking about, like, what it'd be like to go see a female doctor and, like, thinking to her, hmm, maybe I'll go check it out. And Kagura's like, fed up. You know what? Do, do whatever you want, you jerk. And then Otezi is gonna ask, uh, start asking, like, uh, so, uh, what you guys gonna do? Do you two think, like, you can run the Urzua by yourselves? And it's like, huh? Well, you know, who cares how many people there are? You know, it was, I was by myself in the old days. And Oto says, like, uh, well, that's not what I meant. You know, there was actually a girl who came by a while ago who wanted to join the Orozoa. And she thought I was, like, your boss. And so she left me her picture and resume. And so she shows it to Gin. And, uh, we don't see, like, the details of the woman's face at first. We just see a very pretty looking woman, like, dressed in a, elaborate kind of kimono and so everyone's calling kind of thing huh you know this this husky was like huh you know she looks uh this looks more like a male or a brat and otai's like ooh, she's pretty and like uh kagura can't see because obviously she's so far away and then we zoom in to a close-up of the face and who else is it 
but none other than Ayami Sarutobi Sachan herself. And Otari continues, like, look at this resume. Quit the only one Banshee to become an assassin? Those are some good credentials. And Kintoki kind of gets reminded of uh, who Sachan is, like, assassin? Oh, and we see, well, as in this panel, we see, like, Sachan's hair, like, falling down and everyone takes notice and is like, hey, well, when did she get in here? And uh, Sacha is like hanging upside down like on top of this like a uh, lamp like thing, fixture thing. And so she jumps down and she says, the bells of John Temple ring for you. All this vanity, toll the bells like the flowers in the holy woods of Sara. Saying a cool line here and then turns and says... Uh, that the bells say that it is time for a new heroine. Good evening, I am Ajabs Sachan, which, um, I, I think the Crunchyroll subtitles give an explanation of what this is. Like, apparently her mon, what, what she's monologuing is a passage from, uh, from, from something called the, 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 the tale of Hey, of Hey K or something, which, according to the Crunchyroll subs in the anime, is an epic account of the struggle between the Taira and the Minamoto clans for the control of Japan. That doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sure it means like it means something to one person listening and that person is probably Nada. She pro- she probably knows what that is. I don't. Um so, so send us an email about that. I'd like to know more about that. T- tell us what that is. Send us an email. I want to read emails. Um so yeah, we get introduced to Sachan and um Kagura is very surprised by this development and um you know, Sachan goes on and is like, do you truly believe that two men alone can succeed in such a business just as Adam needed Eve and a hot dog needs a bun? This manga really needs a heroine. And um, she just keeps going on criticizing everyone, saying that, you know, Chinese girls who say, uh-huh, are so last year and don't even talk about cat-eared women and not to mention old ladies who look like men, basically just insulting everybody in the room. And, uh, you know, she proclaims that now the future has arrived, and the future is a female ninja with glasses. Yes, a four, a four-eye Kunoichi. Call me uh, uh something cool, so, something about my glasses. But yeah, she has like a cool backdrop, but she kind of doesn't stick the landing. And Kyra's like, "Oh boy, this is the future. Oh God, we're fucked." Um, but then uh, you know, Sachan asks, "Oh, any? But anyway, so uh." So, uh, see, so you get it. Uh, hey, Gin, uh, make, m- make me your wife. Uh, no, wait, I mean, uh, no, that's, that's not it. Uh, your partner, I mean, I, I wanna, I wanna work for you. That's what I meant. And, you know, Gin obviously shit-faced is like, you know, forget about it. We, we've already got a four eyes. You know, this is, this is a, this is a team, right? I mean, so, so we, we've all gotta have our special, uh, designs and looks about us. You know, we, we don't, you don't want fans to say, oh, was she just copying Shibachi's glasses? You know, we don't want, we don't want to deal with shit like that. We can't have two characters with glasses on the same team. That's just, that's doing, that's twice the gimmick. That's, you gotta have one gimmick per character in the team. Yeah, you should, you should have a mohawk or always be holding a huge weapon or something. You know, make it, make it so that anybody can tell who you are just from looking at a silhouette of you and, you know, Kagura is like, is, is he editing this manga now? Like, what's going on? And so Sachan smashes her glasses and is like, okay, happy now? Bully me all you want, but I should warn you, I'm enjoying it too. You may be a sadist, but I'm a masochist, you know, talking to Hasegawa, who's like, 
Now, sorry, but if I had to pick one, I'd say I'm a masochist, which I do want to jump in and point out that I've been keeping tabs ever since Sachan's first appearance in the manga, because it always felt like to me that, um, like, I, I think this is the first time we're seeing Sachan's masochistic side of her in the manga, because, like, this really wasn't prevalent at all up until now, and... You know, from what I could tell in the anime, uh, they had kind of introduced this quirk about her, like, way earlier on. Yeah, I guess they knew what the direction her character was going, so they just introduced, like, her sadistic element earlier because, you know, that's, that's a, that's like a major point of her character as the series progresses, so. Yeah. Might as well. Um, actually, it's, it's funny because I think, um, in, in, in this vo- this volume in particular, apparently, came out around the time that the uh, 2005 Jump Festa special was just becoming a thing. So, I'm assuming at the point where the actual anime started, that, yeah, you're probably right, that, uh, you know, th- they knew the direction ahead of time, so they decided to make that a thing ahead of time. Actually, I think there was a comment by, from Sirachi earlier in the volume that said, like, the anime was, like, in production from Sunrise, and the schedule... I think to come out soon, so I don't know. Okay, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think I do. Remember so I think that. the anime was on its way to this one. I don't think it had premiered yet, but but the the think... my my point being that uh, that yeah the 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 animate the animation staff knew ahead of time that Sacha was going to end up like this anyway. So I I I think they figured they could probably attempt to set it up a little better in the anime. Uh, because it, it literally just kind of comes out of nowhere here in the manga, because we had, like, no hint of the, of this behavior from her at any point in any of her other appearances beforehand. And this is like her, this is only like her third appearance in the, ma- in the manga, I think. Right? So far? I think so, yeah, because I think her last appearance was during, um, was during the epilogue of the Rengoku-Kan stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to make that point clear that, yeah, this, th- this is the first time in the manga we're starting to see her, uh, masochistic side of her. Um, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, so basically, you know, after her shtick, Catherine grabs her by the hair and is like, hey, hey, listen up, bitch. Uh, you just come out of here, come out of nowhere, and you gonna call yourself the heroine? Um, uh, things aren't that easy, let me tell you. And Kagura's just like, oh, wow, hmm, this is intense. And then what's going on on the next page? And Catherine continues, like, uh, braiding Sachin, and is like, I don't even know what volume you first appear in, but I have been here since lesson four, so I have seniority. Ah, so that makes me the heroine of this manga. <coughs> and Kagura's like, um, aren't you forgetting someone? I'm pretty sure I appeared, like, a chapter before you. Sachin retorts, and like, you're, you're just a waste of cat ears. If I had those, you know, I'd be... A ninja with glasses and cat ears, you know, the, the, the triple crown of cute manga girl gimmicks. And Catherine responds like, yeah, well, uh, my whole gimmick is having cute cat ears and being ugly. Like, contrast. Uh, and Kagura's like, uh, what, what kind of gimmick is that? And Otai's like, knock it off, you guys. Like, how do you think Kagura would feel if she saw you arguing about, like, who's going to be the heroine instead of her? And, you know, for the record, I have been here since lesson one. Uh-huh. 
And Kagura is like, uh-huh, who, who said you could say uh-huh? Well, why are you trying to copy me? And Kagura's like, yeah, who cares? Meow. You don't even have any character. Meow. And Kagura's <laughs> like, meow? Is that your idea of a cutie speed pattern? Like, are you trying, is that how you're trying to imitate me? And Sachan's like, well, no one looks wanna look at an ugly girl, Ninin. Turn in your catters and go home, Ninin. Ninin, what, what does that even mean? Kagura's like, Ninin, what does that even mean? And that's, that's dumb. That's even dumber than Meow. Yeah, that's basically like a, like a funny little speech uh, pattern for like ninja and stuff. I'm pretty sure there's like one particularly like famous, well-known, iconic children's anime in Japan where it's just a bunch of little ninja kids and they all like to go nin nin and all that stuff. Uh, maybe Ninja Hattori. Maybe yeah, that's that, 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 yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking. And, well, either that or, you know, I've, you know, I, I've seen, um, you know, in like an anime, you'll see children play ninja and stuff, and that's just, that's just the thing they like to say. They like to go, nee, 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 nee. <laughs> it's just a little, like, um, make believe kind of thing. It's kind of cute. And then anyway, Otai is like, uh, but, you know, I, I really have been here since, uh, lesson one, uh huh. And she, and there's like a teehee sound effect there, like she's kind of cute. And you know, I also have, uh, the highest numbers of appearance, highest number of appearances too between like the three of us. So, and Kagura's like, yeah, don't, don't wear out the haha, you know, it's, it's kind of getting old. Even I'm admitting it's kind of getting old. And then Sachin's like, and so the old streets really start to come in on each other. And it's like, Sachin's like, you know what? Why do you, why do you guys care? Do you guys like Ginsan? You know, I'm the one who deserves him, Ninin. And, Otai's like, well, I, I love him almost as much as, uh, my cotton work gloves. Uh huh. And Cotton's like, you know, how far down the list is that? That doesn't sound like you love and care about him all that much. And Otai's like, yeah, but you know, I love, but most of all, you know, I love myself. So that's why I'm determined to win. Uh huh. And Cotton's like, you know what? Yeah, fine. But I don't love anybody. I just want to see both you bitches lose. Meow. Oh, cat fights really started up here. And Sachin's like, you know what? You guys lost the date you were born. Nin, nin. And <laughs> she was dissing. And it's like, they keep act, they keep, they keep arguing. Gin's like, uh, hey, uh, and Hasuko's like, uh, can you, can you guys, like, uh, settle down? You know, you, you're, Hasuko's like, you're, you're never gonna decide, uh, things this way. And Kyra's like, the guys have to vote. Yeah, that's true. And Gin's like, uh, what, what, why are you guys trying to decide? You know, actually, I, I think, I think the speech bubbles are switched here because I remember, I remember the, in the anime, you know, the three of them are like, oh, the guys have to vote now. And then Kagura was like, oh, what are we, what are we trying to decide anyway? Oh, that, that makes so much more sense. I don't, I don't know why Wiz did that. It's so confusing. <sighs> I, I, and this isn't the first time either. This is like literally the, like third or fourth instance I've seen switched speech bubbles. That always bothers the shit out of me. I hate it so much. Ah, uh, yeah, it's just so confusing. Like, you don't know how, who's saying what. It, it, it kind of keeps this stuff consistent. And anyway. Yeah, uh, quality check did not uh, exist at Viz during this time, it seems. And House, yeah, so anyway, like, House goes like, you know, from the point of view of us males, a heroine's gotta have, like, streaky traits. And, uh, they are a pretty face, a hot body, and a personality. And then Kagura realizes that, uh, she has none of those things. Though, I would argue that, um, she, she has some personality. 
She has a lot of personality. I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, I, I don't know what everyone is on, but whatever. But I love how she's just twiddling her fingers. Like, I don't have any. Like, she's so dejected. <laughs> I don't I don't have any of those. So basically, with, with, with all that being stated, Hasegawa is like, So, for starters, Catherine, goodbye. You're out of here. And so Catherine is like, fine, see ya, I don't, I don't need this shit. So, uh, we're left with, uh, Otai and Sachan, and, uh, they're basically like, okay, so now that we're down to the two of you, you know, their, their faces are both fine. Uh, so, so next week we have to focus on, uh, the, the hot body. Uh, a heroine's gotta be, you know, a bang, pow, boom. You know, like the parts that really stick out and the parts that really go in. So, uh, so Hasegawa, looking very, uh, creepy and shady, is like, so let's, uh, let's take a look, shall we? We get a nice ass shot. We get a nice frontal shot. You know, bang, pow, boom. Hasegawa is punched in the face by Otai and, uh, is sent flying out of the snack house and, uh, is basically unconscious and bleeding. And then Gin is like, oh, um, you, uh, you both pass. And, uh, so, you know, uh, with the both of them approaching, Gin's like, oh, so, um, I believe the last thing we have to work on is personality, right? Uh, I mean, you, you both are just so, so, uh, gosh, you're just both so perfect already. I just can't choose a winner. (laughs) 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 So, um, you know, Otai and Sachan are about to beat him up. And, uh, Otai's like, okay, uh, you better pick one. You know, you guys started this, you gotta finish it. But, of course, Gintoki tries to shift, uh, shift the responsibility to Shinpachi. And so he's like, uh, hey, Shinpachi, yeah, come on, wake up. You're the one who wanted, uh, personality, so you, you judge that. Come on, you take responsibility here. So Shinpachi's still in his drunken stupor. But he, uh, he, he starts waking up, he's like, he, t- he's like rubbing his eyes, and he's like, he looks at, uh, Ota- Otai and, um, uh, Sachan and he's like, the heron, the heron is the best personality. Yo, Chuchan. And Otai and Sachan just look at each other and then, wham! Toom! And then we cut back and we see they've, they've beaten the shit out of Kintoki and Shibachi. And so they leave, uh, Otose Snack House and they decide, you know, let's go to Riverbank and sell this ourselves. Uh huh. And Sachan's like, yeah, that's fine with me, Nin Nin. And so they leave Shinpachi and Toke lying beaten up outside Otose Snack House and Shinpachi's like, he's back to his senses and it's like, uh, get Ginshan? And Gin's like, what? How come we don't know any just plain Nash girls? And Kentucky's like, you said it, buddy. Why don't we know any normal girls? <laughs> uh, you know, Gin's just kind of looking up at the stars. Uh, Shinpachi is like, you know, I guess when you come right down to it, Kagura was really the best of them all. And Gintoki agrees, you know, saying, yeah, I guess she was. And, you know, they're just kind of laying there at this point, and Otose's like, you guys are fucking pathetic. You know, you, you you tell her to go home, and now now you're all sad. And Gin just kind of is just kind of picking his nose, and both of them are just kind of like, hmm, yeah, I, uh, uh, what? And um, 
you know, Otose is like, you know, this is why all men suck. You know, am I right or am I right? And Kagura is just suddenly there again. And, uh, which surprises, uh, Gintoki and Shinpachi. And, uh, yeah, Kagura's just eating her food and she's like, oh, I'm sorry I don't have any of that bang pow boom stuff. Sorry. I don't have any sex appeal because, you know, I am just a 14 year old. That would be kind of weird. So, you know, they're both surprised. And, uh, Kagura's like, you don't have to say anything. I, I know. I'm the only one who can handle you guys, so I've gotta be the heroine. And then Shinpachi and Gin kinda look at each other and they both kinda chuckle. And Gin says, oh, don't you mean you're the mascot? And then pretty much they're like, hey, let's, let's, let's have some happy drinks this time. Let's celebrate. And, uh, it's the end of the chapter. So, uh, what, what'd you think? This was a really funny chapter. It was a nice, uh, nice little cool down from all the heavy emotional stuff of the previous chapter. It's a nice, nice return to some full on silliness. And we had, we got the return, a nice return of Sachan. And we, Sachan and Otai meet for like the first time, I guess, in the series. And so they have, they start up with their kind of like rivalry and kind of dynamic, which is a lot of fun. And there's, there's just some great ga- gags and jokes all around here. One thing that I'll, I'll mention, just, this doesn't really have that much to do with anything, so I'm not going to go on about it, but I find it interesting that both the 64th chapter of Gintama and the 64th chapter of Yurisuyatsura involve characters trying to take over the main character position from the main character when the main character, like, announced that he's leaving and stuff. I just find that interesting. But yeah, that's basically my thoughts on the chapter. Yeah, okay. Um, me, myself, I thought this chapter was, uh, pretty fucking funny. Um, pro- probably one of the funniest chapters I've covered on the podcast in a while, honestly. Like, I, uh, I, I kind of, this, yeah, this was... I think one of the funniest chapters to, uh, at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of really great fourth wall breaking jokes with all the characters arguing who's been around the longest and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's also a nice little epilogue to the arc. Um, and like you said, it's a nice, nice break from all the, from the emotional roller coasters and what have you. Um, I don't know, just, just a lot of great interactions, a lot of great, uh, great dialogue, just really funny stuff. Like, I, I don't think I have a really particular favorite gag honestly um because i i liked it all i just i just enjoyed it it was fun it was funny uh everybody gets to be the worst and you get characters like Catherine and sachan who especially you know with Catherine, Catherine doesn't get a lot of screen time so that's kind of nice to finally see her and then uh i know sachan is gonna be making her appearance in the manga again pretty soon so you know we'll, we'll see more of her but you know it's still nice to see the both of them in general yeah, because at this point, this is only her third appearance, so it's definitely nice to see her again, especially since it's been, like, uh, over, I mean, not that many chapters, maybe. I don't know when the, I don't remember how far back Rokukan is, but I think it's been about 20 chapters since she last appeared in the manga, so it's definitely, mm-hmm. it's definitely nice to see her again. Um, but I guess that, that's, that's the Yumi Bozu arc. That's it. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think we might have touched on this, uh, in, in the last manga recap, but I guess just to kind of sum it all up, what, what do you, what do you think of the arc? The arc as a whole, 
I mean, like, we kind of already, like, said kind of the thoughts on the arc as a whole, like, in, uh, after chapter 63. It's definitely, like, the best arc in Gintama at, to the, at this point. It's incredibly personal for all, for all our three of our main characters. There's some great development for Kagura and some great development, great character moments for Gintoki. Umibozu is a great new character with a lot of nuances to him. And the action, the action scenes are really good. The, the mm-hmm. drama hits all the right beats. The, and the emotional payoff is fantastic. And at least, and it sets up bigger and better things, uh, in the future of the series. So it's definitely a fantastic arc. I don't know if it's in my top 10 because, uh, there are so many arcs in the series after this that are so incredible, but this is, this is, Still an amazing arc, I feel, in terms of character development and what it does, what it does uh, for the story and for the for the character arcs, for uh, especially Kagura and Gintoki. Yeah, I think like my my general opinions of the arc overall, like I think I, I think I like this arc a lot more in retrospect, uh, considering you know where the manga is at right now, currently. And, you know, just, again, like you said, how much this sets up, I just... Because, you know, the, like, I, I revisit a lot of particular arcs and episodes, and Umibozu, like, never was one of them. I've maybe watched this arc twice, and uh, like, overall, and that's about it. I, I guess this would technically be my third time re- revisiting it. You know, w- watching watching all of Gintama with Jay, I've I've pretty much revisited... I've pretty much revisited Gintama at least like three, like two or three times over at this point. And I mean, with, with this arc in particular, I've only revisited it so many times. Um, and I, I, I honestly haven't watched this, watched or read this arc in a very long time. Hmm. So, you know, uh, considering what's been going on in the manga currently, I get which again I won't say, but. Considering what's going on in the manga currently, I, I think I appreciate this arc a lot more in terms of what it sets up. Re- honestly, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I appreciate, I mean, we'll probably get to this at some point, but I feel like I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm starting to think, like, you know, because, you know, I, I love Benny Zakra. Like, Benny Zakra is, like, my all-time favorite arc, no question. But I'm starting to think that, like, it, like I, I'm surprised... um because Benny Zakra was kind of the arc that like really got me into Gintama, and not, like looking back on it, I'm I'm kind of surprised this isn't it. But then again, like the like the character development and nuances in this arc, I feel like I only really start to appreciate once I revisit it. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I feel the same way. This is I I think this is a, the third time I've revisited this in the manga and. I've watched it twice in the anime, and definitely each time I grow a deeper appreciation for it, and especially with what's happening in current material and with the knowledge of how these characters and how the story develops from here. There's just, it, uh, this wasn't, I mean, this arc just has so much impact. And oh, and there's just a lot to love here. I remember when I first read this, this was definitely an arc that really piqued my interest and I really enjoyed. But oh yeah. Now, but now, uh, definitely, but I feel even stronger about it. I mean, I liked the arc when I first read it, but I love it 
I think now. But as far as, uh, Benny Zark, like, uh, commenting about, I'm su being surprised that, uh, this arc wasn't the one that really got you into Gintama and stuff. Well, I feel that Benny Zakra is an arc that really hooks people into Gintama. Uh, oh. I have a friend on a, a, on a forum, like I've mentioned, that I, uh, you know, he was interested in Gintama, like, uh, a couple of months back, and so, but he didn't want to watch every episode, he just want, because he heard about, like, what's happening in the manga right now, and he just wanted to watch more, like, story-driven episodes. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I gave him a list of what I felt were essential arcs and character episodes, which still ended up being, like, uh, around a hundred, and 30-ish episodes. So, <laughs> so he went, he went on that list and he walked through it and he was definitely enjoying a lot of the episodes I had, uh, recommended to him. And, but, and this, he, he definitely, he enjoyed the Mubosa arc a lot. Like, uh, at, it was when, uh, I, when, like, I asked him, like, what, he was like only uh, about 50 episodes in and I asked him what his favorite arc so far was. He said his favorite dramatic arc was the Mwibosa arc, but definitely after he saw Benny Zakra, that's what really started hooking him into the show. And, uh, that, and he started, and he definitely became more passionate and got more into it. And, uh, I haven't been like on like, uh, the forum in a while, so I don't know if he's finished it yet, but, Last I checked, he made his way through the show pretty fast. Like, he finished, like, the first season, like, in about a... He finished, like, all the episodes I recommended to him from, like, the first 200 episodes worth. Like, the first, like, series, I guess you want to call it. Like, in a... Like, in a month. So, he de so definitely Benny Zocker, I think, is an arc that really hooks people into the series. Yeah, but no, I, I, I really do appreciate this arc a lot more after covering it on the podcast, cause, like, holy shit, seriously, the, the character writing in this arc is, like, amazingly superb. I'm, I'm kind of amazed at how much I love it nowadays, honestly, cause I, I, it, it never really hit me how well all the characters are written in this arc until I revisited it for this, for, for, for the podcast at this moment, honestly. Like, it's just now kind of hitting me, like, holy shit, this arc is actually really good, and is a lot, uh, like, I, I love it so much more now, honestly. I'd say this would be at least, like, top 20 for me. Yeah, same. But then again, I get, I, I, I don't think that's saying too much, honestly, cause, I mean, I don't know, I, I think they're, I think they're, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to count how many arcs there are in Gintama, cause I feel like there are more than 20, but I could be wrong. There are definitely like more than there are around thirty or more arcs. So, but yeah, this is definitely probably in my top twenty, maybe even my top fifteen. So, or or may, maybe maybe my top ten. I don't know. I'm I am not looking forward to the day when I have to come on just again, Tama podcast, and Doctor's like, "Hey guys, we should do a top ten arcs thing," and I'm like, <laughs> "No." It was hard enough for me trying to choose my top 10 favorite episodes in the anime. I, my, my favorite, my top 10 favorite arcs are always changing. With my top 5 staying usually pretty consistent. I feel like I know what my top 10 favorite arcs are at this point. Actually, like on that forum, I posted a list of what my favorite arcs were a, a couple months ago. Though I feel the more I go back and revisit the material, like watch all the anime episodes that I haven't, 
and then reread parts of the reread parts of the manga time and time again. I I do think that uh, there might be some changes here and there. Oh yeah, and that's how it usually is with stuff. Always when you always uh, constantly revisit them, your preferences change the more you do so. Exactly. Um, but that's it. We're done with Umibozu. Woo yeah. It took took three episodes, but we're but we're done. So I hope everybody enjoyed our Umibozu coverage. Uh, we still got a bit more of the podcast to go. Uh, but before we get to all that, uh, you guys should uh, go buy Gintama. You should go buy the manga, whether it be volumes seven and eight in which the Umibozu arc is contained. But uh, you, you should really just buy all of it. Go go right now. Pause this episode. I'll we'll wait. You can go buy all of it at Amazon or Write Stuff. You know, buy buy the manga from either of those places or. Um, if you want to read it digitally, um, I hate to burst your bubble, but uh, that's not possible, which really sucks. But you know what you could do to possibly, possibly change that? Shot in the dark here. You should really go tell Viz Media on Twitter, at Viz Media, that's their handle, their username, or whatever, and tell them that you want Gintama digitally. Tell them that you want to be able to buy whatever they released on uh, vizmanga.com. Tell them that you would throw all your money at them if they would do that because I, I i honestly i feel like at this point it's probably more plausible for viz to put up what they've released digitally instead of you know putting it up digitally and then deciding oh we're just going to keep going afterwards you know it could happen but uh yeah go tell them to do that you know they they listen to feedback they keep track of all that stuff uh so they should be very well aware that there are people out there who still want gintama at this point but uh it doesn't hurt to keep telling them. Uh, the, the, you know, the more you tell them, the more the, the, the more they'll consider it. The more they'll look into it, hopefully. But anyway, so that's our Uibosa coverage. Uh, we still got a bit more that we're going to get to right now. This is the Life Lessons segment where we're going to be covering these next three chapter titles, uh, starting off with Lesson 62. You only live with your father for about 20 years, so be nice to him, which is uh, some pretty good advice in general. Yeah, I mean, he you should, in general, just be nice to your parents. I mean, they do so much for you, and like they take a lot of care raising you and supporting you through life, so you should be nice to them. You should be grateful to them. So, yeah. Uh, unless they're not so nice to you, then then that's that's a whole other can of worms. I mean, if they're bad, irresponsible parents, yeah, I mean, don't take, like, any shit that you shouldn't, but, like, if, if your parents are really doing their best for you, and like, going all out for you, and really loving, you know, you should be nice to them. You should be considerate of them, and grateful to them so it's just 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 a little psa if you are uh if, if you if you are a 15 year old girl and you are listening to this podcast which i can't really imagine any 15 year old girl who would listen to this honestly but if you are a 15 year old girl or boy i, I don't want to discriminate if you, if you are a 15 year old and you are very well off 
I really hope you are not the kind of kid who, if you get an iPad from your parents, you are going to throw it away against the wall because it is the not is not the right color you want. I hate those kind of kids with a passion. Please don't be that kind of kid. Be thankful for the shit your parents give you. Especially with stuff like that. I mean, iPods are expensive. What, you're going to throw it away because it's a color you don't like? Oh, come on, princess. Or Or prince. No discrimination. Or Prince, right. No no discrimination. <laughs> We're considerate of all uh, all people here. Yeah, especially polka-dotted people. Uh, so, that was a stupid joke. <laughs> I, w- I want to leave this podcast, except I can't. So, yeah, just be nice to your parents. Like, d- don't don't be a shit. That's our PSA. There, there's, your, there's your life lesson. That's that's something you could take away from the stupid podcast. Just be nice to your parents. Just be nice to most people, I guess. Just be nice. Play nice. Don't be a mm-hmm. shit. But yeah, so I uh, how how does this relate to the chapter? Um. Well, I mean, it directly. I mean, I think it directly like comments kind of on like Kagura and Mibozu's like relationship. I don't know if I mean like uh the the chapter itself doesn't really have much interaction between Kagra and Umibosu. Yeah. But right. I mean it the I'm it's like referencing I'm pretty sure it's like referencing just Umibosu himself and the whole like some of the dialogue in the in the chapter like Ginto like the banter between Gotoki and Umibosu where he calls Umibosu like dad at one point. Honestly, I I don't think this particular chapter title relates so much to the chapter in particular as much as it does like the arc overall yeah i feel like this could relate to kagura's attitude towards umibozu in in general because you know when 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 kagura was first reunited with umibozu she is not very fond of being around her father because you know it's embarrassing and all that stuff but then again you could argue that like once we learn more about their relationship, that it's it's somewhat justified in a sense, because in a sense, Umibozu really isn't the best dad in the first place. Though I, I feel like that's only because he's he he's he was very mis- misguided about his uh, about the decisions he made, but they were still very poor decisions. I think. Um, oh, no one's no one's uh, arguing that. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a bit sticky. There, it's this 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 isn't very black and white. So yeah, um, I guess this chapter title makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Just the lesson in itself makes sense, and in application to Kagura's relationship with Umibozu, like just in the arc as a whole, it's it make it makes it's not completely accurate, but it makes sense. Yeah, I I agree. So let's move on to uh, lesson sixty three. Just slug your daughter's boyfriend and get it over with. Which, uh, I don't know, I think your daughter's gonna be pretty pissed off with you if, uh, you do that. So, I, don't, I would not advise any dads, any dads listening to this, to slug their daughter's boyfriends. As if, uh, any, any, any dads are listening to this. But who knows? I feel like this is, uh, this is just a universal dilemma with every father in the universe. I don't think, I have, I have never met or seen a father who doesn't act this way towards another guy hanging around their daughter, honestly. I've never seen a father who doesn't act like this, honestly. De- definitely. I mean, this is just... I think oh, most people see... Uh, most fathers are overprotective of their daughters. And, like, they're worried about, like, them getting 
into bad situations because of an influence from a bad crowd or definitely a bad boyfriend, and obviously. God, like, I'm, I'm overprotective of my women friends, let alone, like, any uh, other, you know, offspring I'm gonna be having anytime soon. Like, holy shit. I, 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 I can't imagine myself being a father i would i would totally be this kind of dad honestly i would be very overprotective of my daughter but um uh, how does this relate to the chapter this directly relates to like matsu dyer's kind of freak out oh um, yeah whereas like just thinking about like his da- his daughter's boyfriend like his daughter and his and her boyfriend and like getting mad that about it and he, he that's all he's thinking about even as Colin was like trying to ask him about you know the situation at hand and then of course you know that's also really kind of relates to like Umibozu's overprotectiveness that we saw earlier in the arc so I feel, I feel that it kind of addresses both things but more most specifically the Matsudaira bit mm-hmm. but yeah I, I agree um, does the chapter title make sense yeah definitely yeah okay there you go. Well, I mean, it's not something you should do, but it makes sense in the context of the chapter. Yeah, give your, uh, as, as, as protective as you are, you know, if there are any fathers listening, which, again, I doubt, don't judge a book by its cover. At least not at first. Give them a chance. You know, just, just, uh, play it cool for a while. See how things roll. But if he replies by, like, singing that song, Rue to You, then yeah, <laughs> uh, get your daughter away from him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, please do. But anyway, let's move on to our last lesson, lesson 64. Make characters so anybody can tell who they are just by their silhouettes. Yeah, I mean, that's just a basic uh, principle of character design. In fact, just earlier uh, in my animation class on Wednesday, I submitted some character designs for my teacher for, like, uh, my semester film. And he was like, uh, these are good designs, but, you know, some the silhouettes need work. Some things are, like, overlapping with each other with each other and uh are making it a little hard to read so you know make the poses a little more distinct and stuff like just a basic tenant of character design is that all your characters should be distinguishable from one another like no one should be able to confuse them and people should be able to know who they are just by seeing their silhouette so i think kintama is pretty good on that front with most of the characters yeah see it's now, now I feel kind of silly after hearing you say how how basic of a concept that is because honestly, like I never really thought about this concept of, at all until it was introduced in Gintama later. Because there there is an episode later where where Gin is reading a uh, uh re- reading you know Jump and he's reading a series called Gintaman, and 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 the whole episode is basically just you know th- the show shitting on itself in a way. It's it's super weird and super meta, even for Gintama. Um, and you know, at one point he's helping out the uh, the literal gorilla author, um, you know, with his with his oh, manga, and you know he 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 uses Dragon Ball as as the main example of like of you know characters with such iconic designs that you can tell from their silhouettes. And honestly, that wasn't that wasn't a concept I was like I I ever really thought of until I saw that episode. But but I guess when when you when you put it that way, honestly, yeah, it it is pretty basic. Like uh, with, with anything, really, you know, you you want to make something that you know it's just like the chapter title says. You want to make something that you could tell by just a silhouette. Like, um, I don't know what's a good example. Like you know, I I think you can, I think uh, you know I think you can tell 
who Gin is if you were just to see a silhouette of him. I think you could tell who Luffy is if you saw only a silhouette of him. I think you could especially tell who, say, uh, Chitaro Kujo from Stardust Crusaders, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, is from just a, a silhouette and vice versa, or etc., whatever. Yeah, I feel kind of silly, but yeah, it just it, it was never a concept that really stuck out in my mind until I watched that particular episode, honestly. Because I, I always used to think that was just like a like a jump thing. No, that's just a universal thing in comics and animation. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't believe I never saw it like that. I feel kind of silly now. So yeah, that's just that's just a good rule of thumb for any character design in general. I don't design characters. I suck at art, so I don't draw anything. I'm a big picture kind of guy. Um, but I guess, how, how does it relate to the chapter? Sakshan and Katrin Otai get into a whole argument about their characters. And, like, at one point, uh, I forget which one makes the reference, but, like... Uh, it's a uh, Gin. Yeah. Oh, duh. Okay, so that was earlier. Like, Gin, like, talked about, like, uh, you, you kind of... You need characters need to be uh when she when he's like talking about Sasachan that he doesn't want the scepter because like uh you know she has glasses and she's copying Shimpaji's gimmick like he tells her like you know we we need uh we need it so that anyone can tell who you are just from your silhouette I'm I'm pretty sure that uh people can distinguish between Shimpaji and Sachan from their silhouettes but uh so the chapter title directly refers to that line. Yeah, it's straightforward. It pretty much describes the entire conflict of the chapter, or at least most of it, where it's like all the Ginta ladies trying to be as uh, unique as possible to try to become the next heroine of the story or whatever, and pretty much failing. Um, so does the chapter title make sense? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think that's about it for the life lesson segment. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on these life lessons, any previous life lessons we covered, or any future life lessons, uh, please send them over to GintaLifeLessons at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on these and other chapter titles. But I think with that, we should move on to the next thing. <laughs> This is the anime manga comparison segment for the rest of episode 42 and mo- most of most of episode 43. Basically everything of 43 except for the last three or so minutes. Yeah, like literally the last four minutes of the episode lead into the next episode. The anime doesn't do that a lot, but every once in a while there will be an episode where, where the anime staff realizes, huh, we cannot fill an entire... We, we can we can fill about 80% of the episode with this, but what are we going to do with, like, the next 5 to 10 minutes? What are we going to do? And then usually they just, you know, they, they basically introduce the next episode in that episode. And, uh, like, I think they do that, like, twice at least. But I don't really have much to say about episode 42 other than it looks really good. Yeah, it just continues, uh, basically the great uh, animation, basically everything that episode 41 excelled in. Yeah, honestly, I think this is probably the best animated episode of Gintama so far. Comparing this episode to, like, episode 40, it's like comparing night and day. Holy shit. Yeah. I know we talked a lot about episode 40 and how awful it looked, 
but I think part of the reason it looked so bad was because maybe they were saving their energy and their budget for this particular episode because because yeah. the art and the animation for this episode is like super consistent and it's really really good uh, for the time um, like uh, th- there are a lot of really nice little bits I enjoyed like uh, uh, I feel like the, the alien is animated very well especially when it retracts like I feel like the animation for that was done very very well um, it looked very fluid yeah, in general, all the fight scenes with the alien were really well done. Yeah. And then um, there's that one part where Gintoki and Umibozu double-team the nucleus. And, and the sheer impact, you know, creates, like, this, the, uh, all these, like, tiny explosions that, like, make one huge explosion. And I thought, I thought the way the nucleus bubbled up was also animated very, very well. And I, I guess, like, the only other thing I have to say about this episode is that we get to see a bit more of Kagura's brother. We get to see a bit more of his design. Which, uh, they kind of get the hair wrong, as we later find out. Yeah, um, because we, we get to see, like, the back of him for a second. And he's and he's got a ponytail, kind of like Umibosu. He's also got black hair, kind of like Umibosu. See, I I don't remember. Did the, did they have an explanation for that, or was it just like, yeah, we got it wrong? Uh, like I think in the anime they had like uh, some Gin Sensei segment during the Yoshiwa, where like they, they they I mean I don't think they gave like an actual explanation. They just said, oh uh, yeah, basically they gave some bullshit reason why it wasn't wrong or something. Because I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure that they got a they got a question about that and Genpachi just kind of throws that question away and they don't answer it. Oh yeah, that's my that might have been what he did. Okay, I was trying to remember because what I think is that his hair is actually black, but maybe at some point he dyed it. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just orange. Because in the manga, I mean, in the manga, we only ever see it as orange. We don't really see. Like, uh, him, they don't really see him at, like, in the manga, like, uh, at this point, so. The anime just kind of made up kind of a, 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 kind of a design for him, like, just on their own, so. I mean, yeah, I guess true. they didn't, con- they didn't consult Soraji about what his hair color actually was, so. They got it wrong. It's kind of like in the fir- like in Vegeta's first appearance in Dragon in the Dragon Ball Z anime. <laughs> he has like red hair instead of black hair. I don't know where they got that from. And and his armor is like made of a bunch of different colors, like orange and blue and yeah. green. And it looks awful, but I love it at the same time. The colors are all wrong. God, they I I know they've made like figures of that, and I want <laughs> it so bad. And that's just how infamous it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. They they really don't show him off in the manga at all. You 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 get to see the lower half of him, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. To be fair, they they don't show off anything else more than that in the manga. So yeah, I want to think that maybe you know he didn't like that he had black hair because it reminded him of his dad, and he probably doesn't like his dad. So he was probably like, you know what? I'm a rebel. I could do whatever I want now. I'm I'm gonna dye my hair. I just thought that'd be funnier. Um, yeah, because you know he's he's a he's a rebel. <laughs> Let's just say that. So there's that. Episode forty two just looks good. It's just, it's pretty straightforward. Um, episode forty three is pretty funny. It's mostly played pretty straight, except for a few things here and there. Like uh, I think at some point when 
Gin and Hasegawa start talking about hot female doctors and urologists or whatever. Somehow they go from that to talking about kidney stones, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a weird conversation, but sure. And then uh, Sachan makes a reference to... Not not explicitly, but she she basically makes a reference to how Otose and Orochimaru from Naruto share the same voice actress. And I love like when she's when she says that like Otose in the back room is like kissing out a snake tongue, and and scares the shit out of Gintoki. <laughs> oh, that was great, guy. Yeah, which for the longest time I never knew that um Kujira is her. I'm get. I don't think it's her real name, but I'm assuming it's like a stage name or something. I, Kujira. I, I, I never knew that Kujira was a woman. Listening to Orochimaru in Japanese, I always thought uh, Orochimaru's actor was male. So for the longest time, I always thought Otose was voiced by a male voice actor. <laughs> um. So that kind of surprised me, honestly. I mean, her her Orochimaru voice does sound fairly masculine. Yeah, which I think just uh, is a testament to the kind of range she has, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, or- or- Orochimaru and Atose don't really sound that much alike. Like, I, I think that most people would be, or would be like, surpri- surprised. I was definitely surprised to, f- to find out that they're done by the same voice actress. So, Yeah, I, I remember there's, e- there's even a Crunchyroll note back when they still did those, you know, up at the top of the screen that said so. And I'm like... There's no fucking way. I, I didn't. I didn't want to believe it at first at all. But on the on the subject of referencing like voice actors, there's a great like Evangelion reference with Hasegawa, like referencing the fact that Hasegawa's voice actor is also the same voice actor as Gendo Ikari. Like when he's uh, discussing like the three attributes of uh, a, a, what a heron needs, like he's doing kind of like Gendo's infamous pose. There's also kind of like a multi-skin kind of thing that I think is also like a reference to a scene in even Jellion. I thought that was great. That got a laugh out of me. Yeah, yeah. Anybody listening to this who's into Evangelion will understand why that's funny. Because literally Hasegawa and Gendubikari share the same voice actor and Hasegawa is literally posing like him. And they honestly look pretty similar too. Like, I, I know the Crunchyroll subtitles notes whatever like to point that out but you don't you don't need notes to know that it's pretty obvious so yeah that's great um the 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 guys make otai and sachan have a contest to see who can make the best facial expressions because you know that the because as the heroine you have to be able to act angry or happy at the right times you know make flowers appear out of nowhere or cry on cue just like just like otsu because you know otsu is the only Example Shinpachi can come up with. And and basically this is taking place during the little attribute contest. Um uh Gin tells uh Sachan to cry, but uh you know, she tries at first, but then she's like, No, use use this and he <laughs> gives her a gives her a rope and then he's like, No, no, you're done. And then uh you know, it's Otai's turn. But uh she but she instead beats up Hasegawa and until he cries. To make him cry, yeah. Yeah, but but too too bad he likes it apparently, because you know he's a masochist. Oh, there's another really great little bit where Catherine comes out of nowhere in a school outfit, and then Gin's like, "No, no, never again." And then uh, you know the 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 part where we were talking about you know the 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 Gendo Ikari Hasegawa pose that that's that's around the point where he starts discussing 
how 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 the heroine needs uh needs a certain style and by style he means slightly plump with big breast and uh you know all, all the while the show uses images of like pudding and other jiggly things as a sort of like safe for tv metaphor so i thought that was kind of funny also Catherine is taken away by sada haru at one point because she's not fit for any of these contests which is pretty funny i i was gonna bring up this because Reading this chapter, I was kind of surprised that Shimpachi was drunk because, I'm like, I'm so, I'm kind of surprised they got away with that in a jump manga because he's technically 16, which, in the anime, I thought at first that they were hiding that, because in the anime, at some points he he looks like, because there's a point where he looks like he literally just fell asleep, but then the blush comes back to his cheeks, so I'm like, oh maybe maybe they kept that after all. But then, like, literally when we were doing the manga recap, I noticed at one point Shinpachi literally sleeping because you could see the Zs right above his forehead. So I guess they were staying faithful to that or something. I thought I thought there was some weird change to that, but I guess I was wrong. And I think that's about it for episode 43. So, um, I guess uh, anime or manga for this time around? Well, in both cases, I choose the anime versions, just because in episode 42, I really like the animation. I think the vocal performances are really on point. And uh, with episode 43, I just think, I, of course, I mean, whenever Sachan's Satchan, Sa, voice actress is just amazing. It's like, uh, she, she, it's like, she has so much energy in her, like, screaming and stuff. So, like, any, any like, thing with Sachan in it, Asatan in the anime is probably all automatically going to be better than the manga just because of that. Oh, oh, oh! You think she has energy now? Just, just wait till later where she just literally just screams all her lines. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. I know, but yeah. So, and I love all the extra gags in they added into episode forty-two too. So, yeah. In both cases, I think I enjoyed both versions, but in this time, in both cases, I think I'm going with uh, the anime. Now, see, um. With episode 42 in particular, I think I'm going to have to go with the anime because it was the animation and then um, something we talked about in the manga recap for chapter 62, I believe, was was the whole transitionary thing with uh, with uh, Matsudaira and uh, him pressing the button to launch the Matsu Blaster cannon or whatever. That, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm picking the anime over the manga, too, is because I... Like we said, I, I I felt like that was handled a lot better. Like that that transitioned a lot better in the anime because like there's literally no indication of like I thought that was really poorly represented in in the manga because like we said yeah. there's like there's no sound effects. We have no idea if he pressed a button or not because the the figurative camera I guess is a little too far away to tell you know what what exactly is going on. So it looks like everybody's just kind of standing around. Like, it doesn't really look like anything's happening, so... So, yeah, that's part of the reason, but that... But it's mostly because of the animation, honestly. Because it just... This episode just looks really, really good. And, yeah, it is... You know, the voice acting uh, is a plus, and... Um, and, yeah, it's just... it's it's I just feel like the anime adapted this... Those two chapters very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I guess I would... I'm definitely picking episode... 43 of the anime over the manga because i liked a lot of the extra jokes that they put in this episode while they weren't that many i still think they worked 
and I, I think I had a funner time, you know, listening to the voice actors and everything. Though I, I do kind of miss that. I, I do kind of miss how, you know, cause I, I, I understand why they didn't, you know, included any of this because, you know, continuity is a little more different with, with the anime because they like to switch things around. You know, which, which because of that resulted in Catherine being introduced a lot later in, in the anime. Not a lot later, but like, I'm pretty sure she was in, she wasn't introduced until like episode 12? It was somewhere around then. It was a little late. It definitely was not something like, you know, chapter 4. Like, when, when I first read the manga, I was really surprised to see how, like, early Catherine was introduced, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of missed a lot of those references, but me, yeah, I, I think I like the extra jokes enough in episode 43 that I'm willing to go with the, go with the anime. So I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty unanimous. The anime wins again. So yeah, I think that's about it for the anime segment. So, um, everybody should go watch the anime. Go watch these episodes. Go watch the Umibozu arc. That's episodes 42, 43. On Crunchyroll, please go watch it on Crunchyroll. You can either watch it for free, or you can uh, pay to watch not those particular episodes, but you know most uh, most of Gintama. I think at this point in HD for six ninety five a month plus ad free, plus ad free. That's right, that's important. And you can watch other anime too, and all that stuff. You know, same day as Japan, which is cool. Otherwise, if you're not a subscriber, you have to kind of wait a week for all your favorite shows to come out, which kind of sucks, but. That's what you get for not paying for your stuff, anime fans. Um, it's a little jab at you there. Uh, it was very unnecessary. So, go go subscribe to Crunchyroll. Um, I believe these you can pretty much buy all of these episodes on Collection Four from uh, from Sentai Filmworks. I'm pretty sure those are still in print. You can buy those on Amazon or Right Stuff. And then I think last but not least, uh, these episodes fall into the a batch of episodes that are airing on Shorts TV, which you can order via extra packaging from uh, Direct TV or UVerse, AT and T UVerse. Um, so, uh, if you have uh, the ability to buy those chan, uh, buy that particular channel, um, if you want, sure, go for it. I don't think it's a must, but it's an option if you want it. Uh, those episodes are airing in uh, in Japanese with English subtitles, not English dubbed. Just uh, put that out there, but just letting you know that you can technically watch these on TV. So, I think that's about it. We should go on to the next thing. This is our uh, very non-recurring uh, feedback segment. I wish I had a catchier name for this segment, but yeah, it's uh, we read your feedback and thoughts and questions on anything Gintama-related or podcast-related in general. That's what we do. Um, so I I spammed Twitter for at least two days to get whatever I can. Um, I was hoping to kind of get a bit more, but honestly, at this point, I'm just kind of glad to get whatever I can. So, we we got we got a few things. Um, 
we did get a few tweets from uh, from uh, Niente Nada, or um, uh, I think as she goes by mostly on her Twitter uh, via Joy of the Joey, which uh, I again I will leave a link for her Twitter account in the show notes for this episode in particular because if you're again if you're using Twitter and you're into Gintama or even like into Japanese history. You, you really should follow her. She is like she is a vast wealth of knowledge who helps me in a lot of tight spots whenever I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, and I really just need to have her on the show. Like, I just we need to we need to do that sometime this year. That, that that'll be my New Year's resolution. Get get Nada on the show. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I I need to have both her and Josh Dunham on for an episode. That that would be that would be a powerhouse of a podcast episode for us. Um, both and the both on the same episode. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be really fun. Um, Christ. So, um, I I won't go through all of her tweets. You know, I I'm not just gonna read them word for word. I'll just kind of summarize, but. Uh, she she did leave me, leave me a few tweets kind of explaining to me where Umibozu's namesake comes from, which I kind of had this in the back of my mind when I first started our Umibozu art coverage, but I just didn't really think it was uh, very relevant to bring up at all. But uh, it, it's still interesting. So basically, according to Nada, Umibozu's namesake is basically a reference to... Uh, to uh to the yokai of the same name which if you don't know what a yokai is um basically yokai are like monsters and spirits within like japanese folklore um yo- yokai watch is a very big thing right now so if if you were interested in knowing what yokai watch was and you live under a rock that's basically what that is um and basically the connection between the two of them is essentially that you know uh, that they both have bald heads because, it, like literal umibozu, the yokai umibozu, they, they they're usually depicted as looking like they're bald, which is uh, which is kind of the joke there. And then Nada explained to me, basically explained to me that the bozu in umibozu refers to Buddhist priests or monks, and then the 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 umi in umibozu, uh, basically meaning sea in Japanese or whatever. But it can also mean a star sea, which essentially is just referring to space, you know, depending on how you write it out in Japanese, because I guess, because, you know, for those who don't know, the Japanese language has like 30 million different ways you can write their, uh, you could write words and characters and stuff. And I think um, th- this particular reading of Umibozu's name uses uh, Furigana, which I'm not even going to pretend to know what I'm talking about there. I certainly don't know anything about it. Yeah, um, I've 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 taken maybe at least a year of Japanese class when I when I went to high school. I didn't get to take any more classes afterwards because unfortunately my class got dropped. Um, so I got to learn how to write hiragana, katakana, uh, but no kanji. I, I would have gotten to learn kanji in my uh, second Japanese class it, again if only they didn't fucking cancel it. <laughs> so, so yeah, basically hiragana is like, a, a, like probably the simplest way to write out Japanese. It's 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 very easy to read, unlike kanji, which is depending on you know the word or the character, it's super hard to read most of the time. 
Um, and then I think katakana is basically used for, like, words foreign to the Japanese language. Like, if I wanted to write out my name, my name doesn't have a meaning in Japanese at all, so I would use katakana to write out my name ph- phonetically, so it would be, like, koruton or something we- weepish like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so basically, depending on how you write the, uh, write the umi in umibozu, it can refer to, like, outer space. So, basically, Umibozu is a space monk. He cleanses the space of, of all the monsters and aliens. He, he basically, perfor- he, in a sense, he, he performs exorcisms, when you think about it. Um, so, all that's pretty interesting. And then she also, uh, she also pointed out that, uh, uh, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, because we, we find this out, like, way later on in, like, more recent volumes of the manga, like, from, from, like, the past year at this point, in, uh, one of Sirachi's little question corner things, that Umibozu is actually not Umibozu's real name. It's more of a title. I'm not sure if you knew about this. I, th- I think I remember reading about that, and I kind of figured that was the case, because I think, because basically, even just in the context of what we read in this arc, it it seemed like a title and not like his real name. So I'm kind of interesting in finding out what his real name actually is. Then I'm pretty sure Sirachi, uh explains that as well, because I I know his real name's out there. I just didn't bother looking it up. I'll I'll see if I could find it, find the translation of that, and put it in the show notes for any of you who want to know. Because th- that was something I, I've I read like a year ago at this point, and I just again I I suck and I didn't think to look it up ahead of time so i don't know off the top of my head but i don't know like me not knowing any better about anything referring to the japanese language and how that works even though i took a japanese class i i don't know i always just assumed that umibozu was his real name like un, I, I feel like unless you're very familiar with japanese and how it works honestly i and, and if you know anything about furigana apparently I you like if you told me Umibozu was his real name, I would have believed you. Hmm. Well, I f- I f- think that when I first read it, I kind of assumed it was a title, but since they never said his real name uh, after that, I guess it's I guess I kind of thought hmm, maybe it is his real name. But yeah, I think I think it I uh, it kind of makes sense. Like in the context of the arc, it feels more like a title than his actual name. And I mean, well, I mean, what I'm saying in particular is you know. Because you know, to to an to an English speaker like myself, like I have no way of dissecting his title and figuring out that oh, it is a title. You know, you know, to to an English speaker like myself, it it seems like his real name. Like there, there's no there's no indication in the in the English language to for me to figure out oh yeah, that's a title and not a name. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely something that would make more sense if. You, if you were reading the original Japanese and had a knowledge of this kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that was all really interesting. Thank you very much, Nada, for uh, providing all that information. And uh, I will be uh, providing a little little yokai entry about real Umibozu in, uh, in the show notes as well. Uh, in just in case you want to learn more about what Umibozu uh, yokai are actually like. So... Uh, hopefully somebody learned something. So I certainly learned a lot. Most of this information was completely new to me. 
I, I don't I don't know if I want to say a lot of it was new to me, but it was my first time kind of hearing a lot of it together, I guess. Because, I mean, I, I knew that Umi meant C, because I've, I've seen that in other manga and stuff, but it's, it was, it was, it was kind of new, though. Um, I, I, I still learned something. Uh, so, I guess the, uh, the only other thing we have to read is, uh, some comments from Reddit. Our first comment is from, uh, Two Yoli, uh, who says that, uh, he or she or they, felt the part when Gin leaves Kagura for the first time was a little forced. I mean, he's just like, you should be with your father, and leaves. Well, I mean, he he's kind of... He is kind of, like, acting a little bit there. Like, he's, try, he's trying to be cold towards Kagura, but in the anime especially, you do get a sense that his his the voice acting is subtle enough that you get a sense that uh, it's it's something that he doesn't really mean. So... I mean, it kind of feels like he is forcing himself to say that. The scene itself, I don't feel is forced, but in terms oh, yeah, of no. the character's actions, I think Gintoki is kind of forcing himself to say that. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Like, I, I feel like both the voice acting and the character, like the very slight character animation uh, in the anime kind of better convey that too, because, you know, you have that you have that little bit... Where Kagura tries to grab her Gin's foot, and then you know he kind of slightly shifts away, and he's like, "No," like I said in that during that podcast episode, I I felt that that scene, like if if they wanted to give you a sense of, "Oh yeah, Gin's faking it," this is actually kind of hurting him too. Then I, I felt like that did a good job. Yeah, but yeah, no, like like you said, you know, the scene doesn't feel forced, but obviously the character's actions are, and I think that was the point. But anyway, uh, let's get to our last comment here from uh, Shadow Riders with a Z. The great uh, Hattori flair here. I, I like it. Uh, who says, uh, the Umibozu arc, Umibozu arc is really the arc that showed me what kind of potential Gintama had. Benny Zakura took it to the next level, sure, but this one here started it all for me. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the series' first really strong uh, dramatic arc. And, uh, I mean, definitely Benny Zakura takes it for the next level, and that's where a lot of people get hooked. But, yeah, definitely, uh, I remember reading this, and, like, this is, this is, I think, where the start is where I really got into Kintama on a more emotional level than before. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, cause, you know, like you said, Umibozu, the Umibozu arc is, I mean, I guess you could, like we said in the manga recaps, um, you know, the, again, the memory loss arc is the first arc where Sorachi really starts to get his feet wet with a lot of the character uh, development and drama and everything. You know, that, that was, that was his first experiment with that. And, you know, Umibozu obviously is, um, is the result of him probably learning from, uh, uh, learning from, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, learning from his experience doing that arc, and he takes it to another level here. Exactly, yeah. And I feel like, um, I feel like this arc was kind of necessary in order to, like, the, the Umibozu arc, I feel like, is a necessary arc in terms of, again, getting emotionally attached to the characters, because I feel like if this, if, if this arc didn't exist, I mean, I don't know, like, it doesn't really directly 
uh, correlate to Benny Zakra, or I guess it probably wouldn't affect too much about how you felt about Benny Zakra, but I feel like if you're not emotionally attached to the characters uh, by this point in the series, or at least some point before Benny Zakra, Benny Zakra isn't as exciting or as interesting to you. I mean that that's just me. I, I don't I don't really know about you. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way because I remember the first time I watched Benny Dogger was the movie and I had only read the first three volumes at that point and I enjoyed the Benny Zogger movie a lot, but definitely like it didn't really I didn't really feel much emotionally towards it until after I started going through this series properly from the beginning of the manga and reading through the Umugozo art and seeing, like, all the character stuff before Benny Zakura. And that's when that arc, like, the experiencing it the second time, that uh, I, I got a lot more out of it on an emotional and character level. So, yeah, I definitely think this arc is, is very integral in terms of getting... Uh, you as a reader really more emotionally like invested in the characters and just like really like e- forming an even deeper attachment with them and also showing that they are very multifaceted nu- and nuanced characters and that the series is capable of handling really comp- really uh mature and well-written drama yeah i agree couldn't couldn't have said it better myself um but unfortunately, I think that's about it. Well, now, uh, let's not get too ahead of ourselves past Colton. Uh, we still got one more email from uh, the most vocal fan of the podcast, as I like to refer to her as uh, Miss Leah, who um, hasn't sent us an email in a while. But, uh, you know, she sent us an email uh, for this episode. Um, she said it kind of late. Uh, we kind of already had all these episodes recorded when she emailed us, but whatever. I didn't think there'd be any use to waiting until next episode to read this. Um, so I thought I might as well just tack this on to the episode after I get done editing it. So uh, here we go. This email is from Leah, who says, Hi, Colton, and insert guest name who is better than Colton. Now, now Leah, I I had to stop this episode and re-record this particular bit just for you and you and you bust my balls like that that's fine that's cool i won't remember that it's fine it we're cool we're all cool it's cool i'm just gonna keep reading the email so so kagura has a dad and a big brother out of wedlock gin was so cruel after the last chapter it tore at my heartstrings and the prince is back on the potty once again with a killer pet and g which I have to say, I love that Leah spelt G's name as just the the the, the English letter G. Um, that made, that cracked me up quite a bit. Um, but anyway, uh, once again with the killer pet, and G was clearly showing his gangster side when threatening the guys as they put away the princess shit. Also, Shinpachi really cares about Kagura and needs her help to deal with Gin's shit as much as Gin deals with theirs. P.S. Why is the prince still here? He has no right to even take a peaceful shit, that bastard. <laughs> okay, so let's just kind of break this down real quick. So, yeah, Kagura has a dad. That was uh, pretty exciting uh, the first time I saw this. Um, and um, thank you, Leah, by the way, for uh, helping me remember something that me and Sid did kind of bring up in one of the previous Umibozu podcasts. But I think I might have edited that part out because I 
remembered that we kind of forgot to uh, bring it up in this episode. So thank you for reminding me. I guess I might as well just talk about uh, what I wanted to talk about there. So, um, so Umi Bozu and Kagura kind of have this exchange in, I want to say, chapter 58 in volume 57, where, um, it's when Umi Bozu and Kagura are actually, like, physically fighting, and, um, Umi Bozu is all like, oh, do you think I'm gonna let my unmarried daughter, uh, live with, live with a guy? Uh, that's how girls get in trouble, and Kagura responds, oh, I'm not that kind of girl, and anyway, isn't that how you married mommy? And Umi Bozu's like, oh, she told you that? And, yeah, Kagura's like, oh, you don't have any, so you don't have any right to tell me what to do when you made the same mistakes, so... It is really weird that, see, the implications of that are kind of weird because Kagura does have an older brother. Uh, we do find this out in the Umibozu arc. So does that mean that Kagura's older brother uh, was a planned pregnancy and Kagura was technically a mistake? Either that or maybe Kamui came from another of Umibozu's marriages. Maybe he's been married more than once. And maybe he accidentally had a child with another woman and that child became Kagura. I, I have no idea, but, um, like, I don't know, like, sometimes Viz's translations can be, like, not bad, but sometimes take a few liberties here and there. So, um, I wish I, I wish I knew what the, um, how the conversation went in Japanese, or maybe I'll have to look over the tr uh, Crunchyroll subs or something again, or, Maybe somebody listening to this can help me shine some light on this, but um, if what I'm reading is right, um, then that's kind of interesting. Um, so that was something I wanted to bring up during near the end of this co Umibozu coverage, or whatever we're calling it, but again, I completely forgot about it near the end, so did Sid, so thank you, Leah, for bringing that up. I completely forgot about that. Um, and yes, Gin, Gin's little uh thing uh, you know where he's trying to send Kagura away you know definitely kind of tore up my heartstrings too again especially in the anime and uh let's see and like I said um I love how Leah spells G's name with a letter G uh the, like the English alphabet letter G I that made me laugh so much um I'm not sure if Leah knows but just in case she doesn't know or maybe she does know and I just sound like a giant asshole know-it-all um, G's name is literally spelled J-I-I, -I, which I'm assuming is spelled that way because, you know, uh, G-San, uh, J-I-I-S-A-N, G-San, uh, I'm explaining this so well. Um, I feel like G's name is probably a reference to his age because G-San is, uh, kind of an informal way in Japanese to refer to an older gentleman. It'd be kind of like if I called my if I called my grandfather like uh, pops or or grand grandpa or something something like that just something informal. I'm not sure if maybe that's what Sirachi was going for there, but maybe it is. I don't know, or maybe that's just not important. Um, and yes, I I agree. It's really nice to see uh, Shinpachi express how much he cares about Kagura and how much he is. And how far he's willing to go to try and protect her and keep her uh, a part of their lives and stuff. That's, um, all of that is really nice. Um, 
And again, the last thing I think she mentioned was, uh, why is the prince still here? Well, um, it's just like we were wondering on the manga recap for chapter 63. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the last time we see Prince Hada Angie in the manga. Though I do think after this they have one or two episodes where they appear in filler in the anime. Um, I, it'd be really interesting to see if they do appear again in the manga somehow, and maybe the anime just didn't include them in an episode, but um, but I, I doubt that's the case. I'm pretty sure this is the last time we'll be seeing them, so good news for, new, for, uh, for you, Leah. I know you don't like Prince Hada because he is stupid uh, and causes... Uh, catastrophes wherever he goes, collecting his pets and shit. So there you go. He's probably 99% uh, likely gone. I don't know. He's he's possibly gone. So there you go. Um, personally, I think he's kind of amusing, but uh, I could I could take him or leave him. Um, though I will say that if you watch the anime, Leah, you will find some uh, some very funny little bits with him in the filler that are pretty great, but I'm just going to leave it there. Fans in the anime will know what I'm talking about. So, um, thank you to everyone who sent in, uh, their feedback. I really appreciate it. But, uh, speaking of, uh, feedback, if you want to figure out where you can, uh, send your thoughts, comments, and questions about anything Gintama related, um, stay tuned for the next segment. And that was episode 44 of Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast, otherwise known as part 3 of our Ubibozu arc coverage. Um, and like I said, that's that's the end. That's all of Ubibozu. We did it. We, uh, we, we covered our first long arc. Oh my god. Seven whole chapters, and it only took uh, six plus hours. Oh god. I can't wait to edit all of this. <laughs> God. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it, because... Um, I mean, not that I didn't enjoy recording, but this was this was a hassle to try to record all of in one month. Oh, boy. But uh, hopefully we won't have to do it again for a while. I don't think there are any more long arcs. Until Benny Zakura. Until Benny Zakura? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Because it's mostly just, like, more three-chapter story arcs, which are definitely a little easier to get done over and done with. So, yeah, it, that's been an episode. We covered Umibozu, but now it's time to end the show. So, Sid, where, where can the good people find you? Uh, well, you can f- find me uh, at Lumramuyasha on Twitter and as Lumramuyasha on Miami List and uh, as Cartoon X on... Toon Zone and Animation Revelation, though I have to admit that I have not been on those sites for for like two months at this point. By the time that this uh, gets posted, I, I hope maybe I'll 
finally be back. But uh, I hope to be back as I still plan to resume doing those uh, Shonen Jump reviews I do on Animation Revelation. As well as finally post that uh, those top manga of 2015 and top manga chapters of 2015 lists. Those are long overdue at this point. But I've been just so busy with schoolwork. But uh, yeah, well th- that's where you can find me. And uh, also I now do uh, reviews on oldcomics.com. Uh, I weekly chapter reviews of Yamatakan and the Seven Witches and Fairy Tale, as well as occasional volume reviews. Uh, at the time of recording this, actually, uh, the first uh, chapter review I'll be doing will be posted up uh, tomorrow. So that's exciting, and uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, ch- oh, a ch- chapter review of which now? Tomorrow will be Yamatakan, and then I'll start doing Fairy Tale starting next week. Oh, okay. I I need to. I'm I'm debating on whether I want to read more of um, Yamada because I I didn't hate it, but I'm not sure if it like terribly interested me enough to keep going. I personally love it. I mean, I personally loved it a lot. It, I get a lot of laughs out of it, and like the like the first like uh, ninety chapters, like that entire like story, like beginning to end when like I read through when I read through and reread it. That's just a great arc. And uh, I really enjoy that a lot. And uh, yeah, so I, I, it's definitely probably my favorite manga on uh, that's currently running and weekly on Crunchyroll. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if anything, for me personally, um, I wouldn't mind reading it again, but um, it probably has very low priority considering all the other stuff I would rather read. Um, but I don't know, I wouldn't mind getting back to it at some point, but that's neither here nor there, so... I think, I think it's pretty safe to announce at this point that, um, I mean, I'm sure by the time this is out, this will be a thing, but, uh, speaking of all comic, I'm, um, I'm kind of working for them now as well. Um, I'm doing another manga podcast. Uh, I'm planning on having it be very different from the manga corner that I do for Anime 3000. Um, I'm doing the show with Sid, actually. Um, mm-hmm. we're both, we're both, uh, we're undergoing a new show. Yeah, we're doing it live. Uh, we're both undergoing a new podcast on allcomic.com that we are calling uh, Manga Mavericks, unless we change the name somehow, in which case, um, ignore what I just said. I don't know. Things change. Stupid stuff happens. But for now, it's called Manga Mavericks. Um, and we basically, you know, we it's, it's more of a casual chat kind of show, or at least that's what we want to go for here with this particular show. You know, talk about particular manga news that interests us you know maybe talk about just whatever we're reading at the time maybe maybe every once in a while do a review but you know that's not going to be the focus of the show because i kind of already do that for anime 3000 um so yeah uh hopefully if that's up i will post whatever episode is out at the time um maybe put that in the uh show notes for any of you who may be interested in that uh please go listen to that at the time of this recording i think we recorded like the first episode of that um, I don't know how many more we will have done by the time this particular recording is out, but wh- whatever's out, I want you to go listen to it, because um, so far, or I, th- I think our first episode, getting taking a little, uh, it's get, uh, taking a little getting used to, but I, th- I think it was overall, wasn't bad, it was a success, I think. It did not suck, so that was good. If, if it sucked, it was probably my fault, because... I, I'm not good at hosting new shows at first, but I, I need to get Well, I definitely rambled a little too long with myself. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, why, why do you why do you talk so much? I'm sorry. Me. I I know I know I know. It's you know bad enough that. I have such an odd high pitched voice. <laughs> I'm sure people are going to be very relieved to not hear that anymore. Well, I mean, at least you don't sound. At least you don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm kid from Ice Age. Um, <laughs> sorry, that that was a. Uh, yeah, a at least that's a comfort. I'm not Sid from Ice Age. That's that's very comforting. Though I, I'm sure if you had to pick, you know, you'd rather sound like Ray Romano. That's that was that was a horrible impression. I'm gonna stop. Okay, so. You can find me at SniperKing323, that's S-N-I-P-E-R-K-I-N-G-323. I talk about manga, I talk about Gintama, I talk about I talk about a lot of things. Hit me up, I'm very friendly, I talk to almost everybody. Unless you're an asshole, then I'm probably not going to talk to you. Or maybe I'll troll you, I don't know. I'm usually pretty friendly, unless you provoke me. Um, I'm, just, um, I'm just that badass. Um, I don't know. So, uh, you know, I have a bunch of other podcasts, you know, besides Manga Mavericks that I usually do. Like, you know, the Manga Corner. Uh, hopefully we'll be recording that again soon. Um, if you want to hear me talk about Toriko, there's the Heavenly Kings podcast. If you want to hear me talk about My Little Pony, um, Pony Bits, while I don't know if we're going to be recording any more of that anytime soon at this point, um... It's still up on the interwebs. You can still listen to that. I'd still say it's worth it, even if you don't like My Little Pony. Um, if you want to hear me talk about Detective Conan slash Case Closed, go listen to One Podcast Prevails. Especially go listen to One Podcast Prevails. That's probably my favorite podcast to record, uh, admittedly. Uh, even more so than my own, um, which is very sad. But as for the podcast, you can go to gintolifelessons.wordpress.com. You go visit that website. It's where we post all of our episodes first obviously um you go listen to us on stitcher.com or the stitcher smart radio app or you can listen to us on player fm that's also a place where you can listen to podcasts um you can follow us on facebook.com twitter.com and youtube.com slash gintamangacast that's g-i-n-t-a-m-a-n-g-a-c-a-s-t gintamangacast you can also follow us on gintamangacast.tumblr.com, and uh, you can also leave us uh, send us send us an email over at uh, gintalifelessons at gmail.com. Send us anything about uh, even though we already finished covering it. You know, if you have any thoughts on the Umibozu arc that uh, you didn't get to send in, send them in. We'll still read them. Uh, anything about Gintama in general? Anything about the podcast? Whether you love us or hate us, send it. Uh, we'll read it on the show. And uh, while we're on the subject of feedback, uh, thank you to everybody who, uh, or I guess all all two people who uh, left us those comments on Reddit. We appreciate them. And if you want to be like those people and uh, have your comments read on the show, you can uh, you can leave us a comment on our occasional Reddit threads. Uh, so look out for those at reddit.com slash r slash gintama. Uh, but the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. iTunes reviews really do help us, you know, hopefully move at least an inch in the uh, in the iTunes podcast ranks and expose our podcast a bit more and all that stuff. So at least rate us, review us, something. It's always appreciated. But I think that's about it for the show today. Um, it's very late. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm probably going to make a pizza because I am super hungry. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for listening. Um, 
listening to this long ass Umi Bozu long arc coverage. Um, I am not envy. I am not looking forward to when we have to cover another long arc. Holy shit! But no, it was fun. I uh, can't wait to do it again. But join us next time for episode 45 of Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast. This has been episode 44, the episode you're listening to now. And I have been Colton. And um, oh, by the oh, by the way, th- 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 thanks for coming on, Sid. I didn't get to thank you for that. Oh, no problem. I had a lot of fun, and I'm always up for coming back and doing more. All right, I'll add you to the rotation then. Um, I'll add you to the schedule. Um, make an appointment for say uh, six months in advance, maybe. <laughs> um, but but until then, we'll see you guys next time for episode forty-five. Bye, guys. Bye, bye.